This show is a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. Get more at nerdylegion.com. Enjoy the show! Spoiler alert! What Did You Watch This Week is a candid discussion about recent movies and TV shows, and it may contain spoilers if you haven't watched them yet. Listen at your own risk. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 32 of What Did You Watch This Week? My name is Mike. My name is John, and I have a problem right now. What's the problem, John? I can't get a tune out of my head. And it's the weirdest one because it's not even the full theme from Mr. Belvedere. It's just the last little bit there with the little dun, 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 dun. I can't get it out of my head. I haven't been able to for a couple hours now. Oh, that's that's very random. Did yeah. you watch Mr. Belvedere? Nope, not for decades. Gosh, I watched an episode last week, actually, because or so I was flipping through my TV. I got and I got my antenna, and one of the channels is like six point three is Antenna TV, and it was on, and I was just like, I I, I got to watch a little bit of this at least. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> uh, so. You know, this week on the episode, I want to start out talking about trailers. Okay. It was a pretty good week for trailers. It's a big diversion, but I got a few trailers I'd like to talk about. Um, The first one being um, something called Officer Down. Have you seen this one? I have not. Okay, so it's based on an image comic book. Okay. And I've I've never heard of it. And anyways, Kim Coates is the actor. He plays a police officer that's he's he's killed and then brought back from the bed, back brought back from the dead, being transformed into someone that can die and be brought back repeatedly as he fights crime. Um, you really got to watch the trailer because I I'm sure it takes place in some sort of future, like I don't know, post apocalyptic or not. Um, but. It just looks odd. There's something really appealing about it, and I am having a struggling trying to describe it. But essentially, he's a cop. He gets killed. He comes back. He fights crime. He knows that he can get killed and come back, so it doesn't seem to bother him based on the trailer. Um, The criminals seem to know about him because they're scared when he shows up. Um, It's very interesting and very odd. So, John, you need to check the trailer out so you can give me your opinion of it. Will do. You said it's Officer Down. D-O-W-N-E. Is that his last name? I believe so. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> Misdirection. Um, another trailer I watched, Fear, Inc. Have you seen this one? I have not. Okay. So this looks to be more of the low-budget uh, variety. I think I just happened to see it like on that YouTube sidebar when I was watching someone else, and I'm like, hey, it's – it's the catcher from the Sandlot click. Um, basically, it's the service that you call this 800 number. They set up a quote-unquote game for you to play with your friends. But even when you're warned, oh, don't do this. It's a bad idea. And he still does it, of course. This game is very violent. It's a situation of you need to kill your friends or we're going to kill all of you or various things. Um, so I – there appears to be maybe there's some comedy element to it. Again, it's a trailer that you really need to watch. 
um, to fully grasp it. Um, but it, it looks kind of solid. I'm definitely going to check it out when, when it comes out. Do you think it's going to go like straight to DVD or Netflix or something? You know, it had that coming soon tag. It didn't say specifically, at least the one I saw, but I would assume it's going to be a video on demand DVD type of thing. I don't see this gotcha. going to the theater at all. Yeah. Same thing with Officer Down. I don't see that going to the theater either. Hmm. Uh, you got any, uh, you got any, uh, trailers you want to talk about? Um, I saw a couple, I saw three trailers. Um, the first one that I'm going to talk about and get it right out of the way. Now, DreamWorks Pictures does some really good work. Wasn't expecting this. Continue. I really have appreciated DreamWorks whole, you know, most, I won't say everything, but most of what they've done, I've really liked. I've really appreciated. So I saw that they had a new animated movie coming out. It's got Alec Baldwin in it. I was like, this is going to be great. No, this is going to be horrible. Really? The movie's called Boss Baby. And Alec Baldwin plays a baby who has a full vocabulary and wears a suit and is the boss of the household. But the parents don't know, but the older brother does know. So this baby comes into being and he's like bossing mom and dad around. Like mom will try to hold the bottle and he'll slap her hand away. And he has full conversations to people on his little play phone. And it looks cheesy as hell. Like I was surprised to see DreamWorks attached to it because it looks stupid. I will most likely not be seeing it unless they come out with another trailer that shows me that, oh, that was just a stupid trailer. Here's what it's really about, and it's going to be great. But from what I could see, it's about a baby who's essentially a fully grown man, but a baby with Alec Baldwin's voice. Don't get me wrong. Love Alec Baldwin. But it just is ridiculous. The whole concept to delivery is ridiculous. Can't do it. Won't do it. Yeah, that does sound terrible. Yep. That does, that sounds terrible. Yeah. Swing and a miss for DreamWorks, I believe. Uh, but it was a swing and a grand slam for the Guardians of the Galaxy 2 trailer. Oh, yeah. Um, I absolutely loved that trailer and they did not. They did one of those classic, hey, this is a sequel. We know people are going to go watch it. So we're just going <laughs> to show you this scene and just some quick flashes of other stuff. I I love the fact that it's called Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Duh. Me too. Yes. <laughs> or or in some places, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, of course. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. but yeah, I uh, they didn't need to, t- they did not need to sell people on this. No. It, that exactly. You yeah. knew as soon as you saw that it was Guardians of the Galaxy two. You're like, I'm gonna go see that. Yeah, yeah. And if you and if you know me, how much I hated Batista in wrestling the first time around, before he was in Guardians of the Galaxy, and that was the one hang up I had on the film. And then he turns out to be one of the characters I loved the most in it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Even his exchange with Peter at the end of this one. It oh was just my gosh! Awesome. That was awesome. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> You need someone that's more pathetic like yourself. <laughs> um, and we got to see little bits of Baby Groot. Yep. Which uh, Tim Gunn, sorry, James Gunn, big difference there. James Gunn has confirmed is not Groot. He is a different being. Yep. So he's an offshoot, but he will still be, you know, awesome. Yep. Right. Yeah. Do you okay. need a hug? No. <laughs> 
I'm God pretty sure it. I said no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah, very excited awesome. about that. I've only met one person in my life, and she's yeah. a really good friend of mine, uh, so I'm willing to give her the benefit of the doubt, but she hated Guardians of the Galaxy. I've I, never met anyone that's watched it that's, that disliked it. Well, I thought she was joking with me at first. You know, I thought that she was putting me on because everybody loves it. But she hated it. She had some points. I'm not going to get into them. But I am I keep pressuring her, saying that she's going to like the second one because it seems to address it. And, you know. She had I'm, some points that you're not going to get into because they're not valid. Is that what it is? <laughs> In her mind's eye, they're very valid. I disagreed with them, but I can't say that they're not valid because they obviously pushed her to have that kind of feeling about it. So... Yeah. But yeah, that that was a great trailer for the second movie. I cannot wait to see it. And uh the only other trailer that I watched was um the low budget indie film Logan. <laughs> they they their budget was so low they couldn't come up with more they were told, you know, you have one word for the title. That's it. You get one word. We've already it's made the up the they, posters. It's the only one they needed. <laughs> Um, I, I watched that trailer and I'm not going to lie. Cause why would I, I mean, that doesn't make any sense. I'm going to start over. I watched that trailer and I loved it as did I, I don't know if it gets suckered me in with the combination of the Johnny cash song and knowing that it's old man, Logan and it's, and it's potentially savior. Yeah, it's Hugh Jackman's last flick, allegedly, as Wolverine, mm-hmm. and um, it just looked awesome. I mean, it looked awesome. It looked awesome, and I had no like I kind of stayed away from all spoilers about it. And then when I saw the trailer was there, I was like, I gotta watch this. And I had no idea that the, uh, Professor X was in the flick. Yeah, I didn't yeah, realize I didn't that either. And yeah. then when I heard his voice, and then I saw him, and I'm like, Yeah, here we go. Like, well, at first when I heard his voice, I thought, is it just in his head type of thing? Maybe then, nope, it is. No, nope, he's in the back seat. Well, no, because maybe that's a oh, figment of his imagination. Correct, correct. But still, Patrick Stewart's in the movie as well. Right, I mean. right, right, right. Right, right, right. Like, it didn't, they didn't do, you know, just a voice, like a voiceover thing, like stole audio from one of the other flicks right. or whatever. Um, I would have liked, for my personal preference, I would have liked it a bit more. And I, I loved it. I really did. But I would have liked it a bit more if they had gone with the Trent Reznor version of Hurt over Johnny Cash. Oh. I, no, I, the Johnny Cash version did it for me. It, it does a good job. It really does. But I think I would have liked it better. I think Trent Reznor's version is a bit more cutting. And I, I, I don't know. I think that it would have fit. Anyway, I loved it. See, I, I, I like the Johnny Cash version fit for me because Johnny Cash at the time was an old, was a frail old, frail old man when he wrote that song and sang it. Yeah. And you, you can hear it in his voice and it adds to the, it adds to the, it adds to the, the fact that this is old man Logan as well. I get that. I, I guess. Get that. I don't know. I don't know, dude. I just, I like both versions of the song, but I love that trailer. I did too. And I think I'm very much looking forward to seeing the movie itself. Um, yes. As you remember, because of the huge success of Deadpool, they pushed this one and it's going to be R rated for the first time. Yes. So that's exciting. It's Wolverine. Okay. He messes people up with his claws. It's got to be R rated. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I just, 
I really, really, really liked the trailer. I think I watched it a few times, which yep. is odd for me. Yep. Um, and I don't know if this is, I'm pretty, I hate grand, grand declarations. <laughs> Sweeping declaration. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure I can say this with positivity that this is the first time I've been this excited besides Deadpool for a Fox based Marvel movie. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like I know what from, you mean. From watch, from, what I mean is from watching the trailer. Right, right, right. That, from watching the trailer, like you know, like I was. I mean, yeah. From watching the trailer, I got the more most excited I'd been since Deadpool for any Fox-based Marvel movie. I think that for me, it would go Deadpool first place. Second yeah. place would be Days of Future Past, then Logan. Yeah, because well, Days of yeah. Future Past was an amazing storyline anyway. Plus, I had loved First Class so much that I was like, oh, we're going to do the same thing again. I'm so excited. Okay, I feel you there. I feel you. I did enjoy. I know a lot of people bagged on Apocalypse. Yeah. But I did enjoy Apocalypse. I did as well. I know it didn't make any sense. Oh, Psylocke's a you know, a bodyguard to a guy and then, you know, a lot of people didn't like Angel, you know, the way he was as opposed to how was, the story was in the comic book and there were a lot of things to on pick and apart. On. There was, yes, there was a lot to pick apart in that flick. Like suddenly Mystique is the leader of the X-Men. Which she had a stint of that in the comics, so I but, got that. But uh, my biggest thing was it couldn't decide who was the main character or if it was an ensemble. It would have been one thing yeah. if it was like the other X-Men movies and they were just – they were all kind of stars. Yeah. But in this one, it was like it would focus on Scott. And yeah. then suddenly it would shift and now it was just focusing on Gene. And then it was just focusing – and it bothered me that way. Yeah. I know. I totally get that. Um do you, are they going to make another one? Do you think another X Men? Probably. Well, I know the uh, the PS we got was for Old Man Logan. Right, right, right. Do you think they're going to make it like? So we've gotten well. They, they've caught up. That's the thing. We got the sixties, seventies, now the eighties. The next step would be the nineties, and they made X Men movies in the nineties. They did. We, so, we've already seen the future with Days of Future Past, so this has to take yeah. place after what would have been the Days of Future Past timeline, which has now been written out of existence because of what they right. did. Because uh, these guys look much older than they did in Days of Future Past. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. I'm interested to know who the girl is. She's just listed on IMDb as Maria. Well, or, or maybe Gabriella. I I wonder if it's going to be X twenty three. Say a lot of people I've read, it's going to be X twenty three. Yeah, she's a lot like you, you know. Yeah. So yeah, a lot a lot of things I've read, it's going to be X twenty three, which then, I have no problem with. At that point, will she take over the movie franchise? Right, right. I'm but, really excited to see Stephen Merchant as Caliban. That's just, he's a goofball. I like Stephen Merchant, so I'm I'm right there with you because it's not his role. No, <laughs> he he's a goofball, and this looks like a very serious movie. So I'm wondering if he's going to be playing a straight man, or if they're going to let him be a creepy, himself. weird, goofy kind of Caliban. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. That's it definitely will. a movie I'm looking for. That that's a theater movie for me. Yes, that without a doubt, that's definitely a theater movie for me. Like I I need to go see that in uh, in 
the theater. Um, speaking of which, yeah, I know it's not a trailer, but it is news. It's related to what we were just talking about. Did you see that they recently announced that uh, Tim Miller will not be directing Deadpool two? Dude, I literally was just gonna bring that up. <laughs> yeah, they, <laughs> we, they, we were talking about it. Yeah, that's. They say it's an amicable split. Still, and uh, he didn't write the movie. Which is, right. which is okay by me. You know, it, the more I read about it, the more I was like, okay, I'm upset, but I can live with it. If they would have said Ryan Reynolds left, that would be different. Yes. Oh God. Yes. If Ryan Reynolds left, there's no sense making another movie. Yeah. As I'd, long as he's still there though. Yeah. We're, we're, we're good. I'd like to know what the creative differences were though, because they said that it was creative differences with Ryan Reynolds and Ryan Reynolds has basically ate, slept, and breathed Deadpool for the past couple of years. I was about to say, this is his baby. So yeah. I don't see how, like, I can't see that Ryan Reynolds would be steering this wrong because he's the one that's fought for this the most. That's how I looked at it as well. You know, so, yeah, it's it's kind of like, oh, damn, because he's leaving. But at the same time, it's like, but the, the creative force behind it, in my opinion, is still there. Yes, the one whose passion was clearly Deadpool. You know, you didn't see Tim Miller going all over different social medias and plugging his own movie and stuff like that. This he, guy loves Deadpool. He even did the voiceover bit for the Honest Trailer. Yes, he did. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I want to so, see him... Because they're both Fox, I want to see him show up in Old Man Logan. That would be cool. I, I really would love to see a cameo or something. Like, even if he was just, like, prancing across the background, like, skipping yeah. through a field while they're doing a scene, and he never says any lines and we never see him again, just, like, skipping along, la, 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 la. Dude, I want to watch that Old Man Logan trailer again. <laughs> <laughs> After the podcast, you can. Ah oh, man. Yeah, I really wanna, I really wanna watch that old man Logan trailer. So anyways, um, the other two trailers I wanna bring up aren't really, one's more of a big commercial, and this is not gonna be for everybody, but I watched it and I was like, I wanna see this for some reason, but I think it's gonna gross me out. It's called, it's, it's called Rats. And it's a Discovery Channel documentary, and Morgan Spurlock directed it, and did it, and everything. And it's essentially about, an overabundance of rats throughout the world, but they focus on big cities like New York City and around the world and the problem with rats and they show you they show you people catching, testing, killing, on and on and on, but it really just shows us like how rats are such a ginormous problem and it, it's how they spread disease and vermin and, 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 and not vermin because they have vermin, but disease and, and everything else and I'm going to talk just if you're interested in checking that out, then go watch the trailer. Um, if not, then I'm not going to talk about it anymore. <laughs> um, I don't know. Yeah. I'm not a big rat guy, so I probably will not check it out, but I, I it's Morgan Spurlock, that... which is why I watched the trailer. Right. That's what I figured. Yeah. And it actually, it aired on the discovery channel, October 22nd. So for us, you know, last night, cause we're recording this Sunday and, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I it, it it piqued my interest enough that I'm gonna check it out, but it does look like it's pretty gross. So yeah, awesome. I'm gonna leave it at that. Okay. Uh, 
And then the last one is documentary. I, again, this, I happen to see it on YouTube and it's a documentary called Out of Print and it's about the New Beverly Theater in California. I think this documentary actually came out in 2014. I'm going to check it out at some point, but it looks really, really good. It talks a lot about the importance of 35 millimeter films and revival houses and focusing primarily on the Beverly though. And it just looks really cool. If you're a film buff or film junkie and, um, you like 35 millimeter prints or you're one of those, you know, just enthusiasts of film. It's a cool documentary to check out from the looks of things. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So while we're not talking about shows, we talked about trailers. We've touched in some news. I want to talk a little bit more news. Okay. That's all right with you. Am I wrong to think, or am I wrong? Did Sleepy Hollow get canceled last season? I thought that it, I remember that when you started talking about it, I was shocked because I had forgotten that it even existed. Okay. And then you told me that, you know, it finished up with her dying and you were excited because they were going to keep her dead and it seemed very finite, but I don't remember if it got canceled or not. I seem to remember that the show was canceled. Like okay. I, I, I swear I remember that it was canceled. But I just recently saw something showing that it's coming back for a fourth season in 2017. And now he's moved to Washington. Now, Ichabob, this is not even going to take place in Sleepy Hollow anymore. He's down in, <laughs> he's down in Washington, D.C. And the only returning cast members is the girl that played Jenny. Her, the, the her, sister. Her, the sister. Yeah. And then John Noble's Henry Parrish. Uh huh. No one else is going to be on the show, and it shows him working with a new partner. And I don't know what they're investigating, but for he, he's a not a, he's not in law enforcement. He's right. not in the FBI. I mean, he's he's a all intents and purposes a private citizen. And I just so the other two know. characters did they move to DC with him? I don't know. It doesn't say. I just caught this little blurb, and I'm like, what the damn hell? Wasn't this canceled? Well. I'm I'm not regretting my mistake to stop watching that. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Anyways, I just thought that was odd. Yeah. Um, Donald Glover is going to be Lando Calrissian in the 2018 Untitled Han Solo flick. I'm really stoked for that. I am 100% okay with that. He's, and, and it's not, oh, well, he's a black actor. He's awesome. This guy mm-hmm. runs the gamut. I've seen him play stupid characters like Troy yep. on Community. Yep. I've seen his stand-up. I've seen him play smart political characters. And he runs the gamut. He is awesome. He's now got that show Atlanta, which I've never checked out, but it's been getting lots and lots of praise. It's already been renewed for a second season, and he created that show. Yeah, I haven't, I've heard about it. I haven't seen it myself. What channel is that on? Uh, FXX. Oh, speaking of FXX, I watched a show off that that you had suggested. You're the worst? Yeah. <laughs> that first episode of season one is exceptionally wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, I'm shocked that that was on television, like not <laughs> HBO television too. But I'll get to that later. Right, right. Uh, <laughs> but Lando. Lando. <sighs> Lando. Cool. He, he's going to be great in that role. I'll tell you, I know some people aren't, but I'm excited for Rogue. Rogue One. 
I am thrilled for Rogue One. I am excited for Rogue One. John, uh, John, you're John Kanan really wants you to go with us this year. Yeah. Yeah, he does. He made mention of that. He's made mention of that more than once. Nice. We'll buy tickets to make sure we get one for Uncle John because he really wants you to go with us. I think, I think he's more excited. I think he would rather go with you than me at this point because. <laughs> You're such a Star Wars fanatic, and he is, and and you know I am, of course. But like, he's really, yeah, he's mentioned it more than once to make sure that you're going with us. So nice. Definitely, we'll do that when the tickets come out. Finally. Yeah, I don't know why people wouldn't be excited for Rogue One. I think it's going to be great. <sighs> well, because it's not following the the storyline, quote unquote. You know, it's it's, but it is really. I mean, it's what's happened in between, right? Yeah, I'm excited about it. I am too. I can't like I'm really Haters, step to the side and let me get my tickets before you. Exactly. I got a I, I bought I tell you about a gin figure. No. About a gin figure. Are you cracking walnuts in the background? No, I'll I picked this thing up off the floor, the cat was playing with it, it was in two parts, so I just put it back together. Oh, okay. Sorry, it's a doorknob it's a safety doorknob for like when you have a baby so they don't open the doors. You put this over it, you know, it has oh. the hole so you can grip through it. Anyway. I'll take your word for it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I bought a gin figure. Is that how you pronounce her name? J-Y-N, is it Jin? Yes, yes. Okay. Yeah, I was at uh, Target, and I, like, they had, I, they just, like, were unboxing, and I was Can like, I'm imagine if it was right pronounced now. Jine? I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I think a few people would be up in arms over that one. <laughs> True. So I bought one of those. So, like, I realize now I have a collection of the powerful ladies of Star Wars going on because I have I have an original Princess Leia from back in the day, like a nineteen you know early eighties version, yeah. and then I have my Ray, and now I have Jin, and they're all kind of standing next to each other. Where's your Amidala? Yeah, no, I'm gonna pass. But you said the powerful women of Star Wars, and she was a queen, dude. Um, she gave birth to Luke and Leia. Uh, Still gonna pass. All right. Still gonna pass. And she was clear. I mean, like she was, she was either blinded by love or exceptionally naive when it came to Anakin. That's all I'm gonna say about that. Okay. Um, and then uh, my last bit of news I wrote down. I might as well just check it off the list. The Batman. I like that title. Yep. I I can get behind that. I can dig it. I like the title, The Batman. Um. Ben Affleck is obviously directing it, yep. which I can I can get behind that. He's directed some good good flicks. Yeah. Um. Here's what we know from what I've been reading. Whatever Deathstroke's going to be the the villain, which it's is played awesome. by Joe Mangle. <laughs> Joe Mangle, my last name. Yeah. Um. Oh, Affleck's writing it with Jeff Johns, who's a comic book writer. So yeah, Jeff Johns. I'm I'm big on that. Uh, Jeremy Irons obviously is Alfred. I would assume, you know, he was in BV Superman. And then this one is the one that I, I found out that really kind of like, okay, J.K. Simmons is playing Commissioner Gordon. Yeah. Did you see those pictures that were going around a few months back of him in the gym getting swole for this yes. role? Yeah. It, it was kind of gross. Like, yeah. he was looking jacked and, like, grossly jacked. Like, all veiny and throbbing. I don't know what kind of Commissioner Gordon they're going to have him be. Yep. But, I mean, good for him for getting in shape. He's doing better than I am. But, um, 
Yeah, I, I am excited to know that they're going to have a full-fledged Commissioner Gordon, and obviously they're going to have some weight behind the character because they brought in a prolific actor. Yeah, um, I still absolutely love him as J. Jonah Jameson. Oh, God, yes. I mean, he was brilliant. I mean, like, it was just great. Yep. <laughs> But um yeah, so I I'm I'm I guess okay I'm I'm okay with that. I am as well. Yep. So did you stop watching The Exorcist? Oh yeah, I did. Okay. I did as well this week. I didn't bother, I canceled the recording, I just didn't care. But yeah. just to add to the news, uh apparently this week's episode there was a big reveal at the end of the episode. Yeah that, yeah. That uh Gina Davis, the character yeah. she plays, is actually Reagan from the original movie. Really? Yeah, so she's now grown up and now this is happening to her kids. So that's Why who she's supposed to be. Why would they wait until that until I don't know. Like I I had the same thought because I was like I chose not to watch it anymore. Mike chose a week before not to watch it anymore. So they've lost at least two viewers, probably a few others, and I guess the ratings have been failing. Why would they wait until now and be like, "Oh, and by the way, uh we're tied to the original movie." Did you think they just made that up at some point? Like they decided we're going to recon this this way. I mean, I mean, she's Angela. Like, yeah, she has been Angela every episode, but all yeah. of a sudden now she's going to be. I didn't read Reagan McNeil to see if she changed her name legally or if she's like hiding out. But I, I guess it was very casual. She was just like, "Oh yeah, you know, this happened to me." Blah blah blah. I mean, I guess that sort of explains why from episode one she's like, "My daughter's possessed." Yep. And, you know what and I apparently mean? all the times that you see the demon talking about bring her to me, it wasn't the other sister. It was probably Reagan. Like they got their hooks in her once and now they want her back. I don't know. It still isn't enough to make me want to go back and watch, but I thought it was interesting to bring up. Because like you said, why wait until now? Why wouldn't that have been a selling point from the beginning? That doesn't make any sense. Yep. Much of that show I don't. Didn't. I don't know if I like this or not. Yeah, I wasn't a big fan. Sounds like a load of <laughs> like a publicity stunt, basically. Well, yeah, yeah, it does. Hmm. Yep. I don't know if that's enough to make me want to go back and watch it. Oh, I definitely don't. I'm not going back. I'll you never know? go back. <sighs> All right, so now that we've talked about the future and we've talked about some news, I guess maybe we should talk about, John, what did you watch this week? I watched so many shows, so many shows. It's disturbing. I I cut out Exorcist, like I said, so I was kind of excited to cut that one off my list. And Designated Survivor didn't have a new episode this week, so that was exciting. Um, Yeah. I didn't watch the debate because I was busy doing other things. I didn't watch the debate because it's garbage. I've watched the first two, so I originally thought about watching this one, but nope. I caught all the quips and all the memes online, so I know basically what happened. Uh, But I started off the week with um, uh, Simpsons. Had the Treehouse of Horror for the year. You know, even if you don't watch The Simpsons regularly, you gotta watch the Treehouse of Horror every year. Yes. Yes, because it's so absurd, but it also like, it it basically parodies other horror stories or other movies. 
Yeah, I actually wrote a lot of notes about it because I wanted to have all the... uh, We'll start running them down. Uh, Well, okay, let's see here. Uh, Sideshow Bob, Alien, Frank Grimes, and Leprechaun attack them at (laughs) at a Christmas tree lot on Halloween. Yeah. And Maggie kills them all, except for Frank Grimes, who's a ghost. And it reveals that this is the 600th episode of the show. Yeah, so they had a lot going on this episode. Yeah, yeah, they did. And and Um, a lot of throwbacks right there alone. Oh, absolutely. There's the inside joke that, you know, before Halloween's even over, you can go buy Christmas stuff. Um, Yep. I, I like, uh, I like the, uh, the gang, f- uh, I can't think of his name, but he plays the, uh, the bad guy, the criminal snake. There we yes, go. Yes. Yes. Uh, shoving the tree into the man's <laughs> car. Yep. Anyways, and then the title sequence is, uh, Planet of the Couches. Big Planet of the Apes, but couches, and their couch rescues them. Yes. So there's a whole bit for the title sequence. Yep. They really pulled out stops this year. Yeah. And then uh, the first short was Dry Hard. Yeah. And let's look. Dry Hard is essentially like the Hunger Games. It rolls into becoming Mad Max. Then it rolls into the water world. Then it rolls into the day after tomorrow. Yeah. And considering that they had like seven minutes to do it. I mean, yeah. it's impressive that they got through all of it. But still, it was it four like, um, very yeah. Four very rapidly quick parts, too, in it. <laughs> you know what it felt like to me? You see those movies like a Mel Brooks will do Spaceballs, and it's just a Star Wars, Star Trek parody. And it's good. Yes. Or Robin Hood Men in Tights, just a Robin Hood parody. But then you get, like, the Waynes Brothers pulling things like Epic Movie or... Scary Movie? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Scream this, spoof- You Know What I Did Last Independence Day or something like that. And it's like yeah. spoofs of 15 different movies. Yes. And it loses something because you're constantly shifting around. That's what I felt like this vignette was. Yes, I agree with you 100%. Yeah, so, not the best one, but it was yeah. still serviceable. Um, the next short was R.I.P. And um, I don't know what they parried on this one. Parodied, I mean. Uh, other than... Um, everyone that says their Lisa's best friend is killed because it turns out her former imaginary friend, Rachel, is killing them. She kills the twins and then the other little girl, I can't think of her name, and then Millhouse and then tries to kill her mom, but Lisa stops her. I think it was a horror movie. I think it was one of those, I, not even a B movie, but I feel like it was one of those that kind of slipped under the radar for me because they had so many of them coming out at the same time. I'm not 100%, but that's what it felt like to me. It felt just enough that I was like, I think I recognize this, yep. but not really. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, nothing rings a bell for me. Um, and then the final short was called Mo Finger. <laughs> yeah. And I'm thinking that's supposed to be like Gold Finger. Right. And essentially, the bullies chase Bart into Moe's. Moe's beats him up, which I think is hilarious. Because <laughs> afterwards, you're like, we're 13, man. Um, and then Moe brings Bart into the secret underground lair under the bar, recruiting him to a band of secret agents where they're, where his dad, who they thought was dead, uh, is actually the, the bad guy. It reminded me more of Kingsman than James Bond. Yes, me too. Yeah, I definitely had a giant Kingsman uh, feel to it. Yep. Again, not bad, but the the thing about the Treehouse of Horrors is that they only have seven minutes per vignette. Six if you're unlucky. 
Yeah, yeah. So it just starts to build up and then it's done. And you go to commercial and you come back and it's a different one. But yeah, pretty much is exactly what happened. 600 episodes says they they know what they're doing better than I do, so more power to them. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um but yeah, it was it was a good it was a good trios of horror. Yeah. Yeah. I re- I enjoyed it. You know what I didn't enjoy as much? What? Son of Zorn. Yeah. Weak like, sauce episode. Yeah, we had just praised it for that office um pranking and, and office war episode the week before. Yeah. And we were like, yeah, more like this. And now we get into he's taking his son for the overnight. And it was just it, it felt like a um Cosby show slash ABC after school special kind of episode. Yeah, I was not a big fan of it at, at all. all. Uh, nice little cameo there by the kid who played Jerome in Gotham, who looks like he's aged about 10 years since that show was. <laughs> oh my gosh, that was him? Yeah. Oh my goodness, that was him, wasn't it? Now yeah. that you say that. Oh wow. Kind of gross, huh? I didn't recognize him. Yeah, I didn't even recognize him. Uh, but we got to see the lava launcher, which was actually kind of fun. Again, I think this show really, the strength of it comes when they abandon the real life kind of stuff and they explore Zetheria and the cartoony aspect of him. Yeah, I think, um, I think we need to do an episode in Zetheria. Funny you should mention that. I was looking ahead and the episode on tonight is one where he tries to teach Elangulon about his heritage because uh, people, of course, around the world know about Zetheria. You know, you yeah. saw that kid online who uh, went to Zetheria and snuck out a lava launcher. Yeah. Um, but they, <laughs> a lot of people treat them like it's a third world country or that they're losers. So he wants to teach Alan the truth about. So I'm hoping that we'll get back to what makes the show good. Yeah, um, I mean, you're, you're allowed to have one bad episode. Yeah. And get away with it type of thing. But in your first season, that's even stretching it. Yeah, yeah. But you gotta, you gotta keep it running. You gotta keep it running. Yeah, I mean, this was really lame. Like, the, the Blues Traveler reference, the Ferrari poster, it really was like they were trying to recapture an 80s sitcom kind of thing. You know, hey, Dad, how about you give me one of those brewskis? Oh, no, I'm drinking both of these. You know, uh, that's a chuckle. Yes, that, yes. The whole dad give me a beer thing. Yeah. That, that was, yeah. And I get it. The kid's 17, so it's not like he's 12, and you're like, whoa, that's, you know, he's almost an adult. Yeah. Almost legal to vote and smoke and go in the army, but. Yeah. But, yeah, that whole, yeah, I don't know. Like I said, weak sauce episode. Yeah, very weak spots. Um, I loved though the videos, uh, when he was like, I'm going to look up videos on lava launcher accidents. <laughs> and they wouldn't That's, show what, That's what I was laughing about. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and actually there was one really funny thing, one ongoing joke throughout the whole thing. And that was when he was sitting on the toilet and he saw for a good time, call Eric. And he just kept calling Eric and he kept calling Eric and getting advice, like legitimate advice. Yeah. He's like, I've got a 17 year old boy. What should I do? Oh, I'm not going to take him to laser tag. That's lame. <laughs> but he kept calling him. He's like, Eric, yeah, it's Zorn. Uh, so anyway, you're a fun guy. Uh, <laughs> so there was a shining light in the episode. Yes. Yes. The overall backstory I didn't care for, but the B story I was a big fan of. Yes. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. yes. That's what that comes down to. I agree. Uh, family guy was, 
I don't know. It seems like every episode has been, and maybe that's the pattern of the show, but let's create a, let's create a fish out of water or a new environment for our characters to portray and have it conclude by the end of the episode that everything goes back to normal. Right, right. One character, usually Peter, is going to go way over the top and let it get out of control, and then by the end they'll apologize and say, I let it get out of control. Yep. Yep, that's exactly what happens. Basically, um, Quagmire, oh, good, my autocorrect on my thing changed Gigolo to Gig Gold. <laughs> Apparently my dictionary didn't recognize Gigolo, but Quagmire <laughs> becomes a Gigolo because the airline strike, and Peter becomes his pimp because he needs help uh, beating women up to get their money, I guess. Yeah, well, it did, yeah, it happens sort of. The way it progressed was quite funny, though. It was. It was. Let's get out of here, Peter. What? She didn't pay you? Oh, she can't do that. Goes up and gets her money, comes back. Hey, maybe maybe you could do this more often for me, and I could cut you in on the side. Hey, yeah, I could use some extra pocket money, or whatever he said. <laughs> and I'm like, he just became his pimp? Oh, yeah, there's the jacket. Yep, and the hat. <laughs> but I thought it was funny, too, that the way that he got the money was he was like, I'll just keep ringing your doorbell over and over again. I don't care. I like buttons. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yep. I don't remember what was, times what was the B story going on. Uh, was it Brian got a job? Oh yeah, because he needed insurance. Yes, and he became the biggest douche in the world at the Home Depot type place. Yes. yes. <sighs> and then he had to have an emergency bowel surgery. That that uh, hernia. Hernia surgery that Stewie had to do. Yep. <laughs> I, I did think that it was funny that midway through the episode, Stewie was like, well, I guess he learned everything. I could just leave it at this. And then they rolled credits. <laughs> and then yes. like two seconds later, he's like, <laughs> I had no. to actually pause it. I'm like, is that the end of the episode? Have I watched? No. Okay. We're happy. <laughs> then he's like, no, I got to stop him. I got to get him fired. <laughs> uh, nice. Yep. Um, staying with the Sunday night theme, I'm just going to touch real base elementary. Wasn't a bad episode. They solve a murder involving the Imperial Jade Chinese seal. <laughs> Did part of you say, huh, so they just recovered one of the most, probably the most priceless artifact outside of maybe the Holy Grail, if it does exist, but yep. the most priceless, tangible artifact in the entire world. Where do they go from here? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. And, and I once, just, once I again, we got the ship. Go ahead. I was going to say, once again, we got the actor who played Javi on Castle, fresh from uh, This Is Us, and this time he was the gang lord with the weird Dude, tattoos. Did you see the face tattoos? Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it wasn't a bad episode by any means, but it wasn't – it's like – it's almost like Supernatural. They don't have an overall story arc going on no or even like, even like a miniature one going on right now, so it's well, you're basically watching episodes of the week every week. They have the sort of miniature one with Joan and her f friend there that she's getting into the halfway house and trying to find his daughter, but it, it's so now, weak that you don't was, really care. But it was only this episode. I don't remember it happening last week. I thought last week, yeah, no, last week they met up and Sherlock had been talking to her about, you know, oh, well, uh, you don't like your work and you want to go help this guy. And she's like, I just like helping people. And then this week she got him into the halfway house and okay. he was like, okay, uh, but you know, one more thing since you're helping me. Yeah. So it has spanned two episodes, so I don't know if they'll go any further or not. But. Well, either way. Yeah. It's it not was... like I'm going to stop watching the show, Correct. but it's not, 
Oh, you know what I forgot to watch this week? Blacklist. <gasps> Heaven forbid. I just realized that. I forgot to watch Blacklist. I had overtime on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Okay? Yeah. Yeah, but you get to watch shows at your work. I can't. I, I can't watch Blacklist. No? I forgot to watch it. I'll have to watch that. Okay. All right. So, Ash vs. Evil Dead. <laughs> Holy God. Absolutely amazing. I absolutely loved the montage of the Delta they did at the beginning. I feel it was hilarious. I was so happy that the Delta essentially got its own storyline. Yes, that's exactly what happened this week. The Delta became Christine. Yes, but the, uh, like Christine on crack. Oh yeah, 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 and just starts killing all the kids, like the kids that stole the kids that stole Christine, the kids that stole uh, the Delta. It looks like two couples in a fifth wheel. Yep, very familiar uh, uh, coupling there, huh? (laughs) Right. Uh, And uh, two of them decide to make out in the car, and then they find the Necronomicon, and the one girl Amber. She decides, I'm going to read some of these pages. Because of course she knows how to read them. Well, no, there was dad. There's translations, like little white. Oh, that's pieces right. Because Ash is a there. moron. Yeah, he is. And so she reads the pages, and she gets possessed by the deadites. But the deadites also possess the car, and proceeds to start killing people. That I, was awesome. My very first note was killer blowjob. Uh yeah, where he bites. <laughs> When she bites his dick off. Quite literally <laughs> chomps down and bites it off. But it doesn't kill him because then he's no, outside of the he's, car. Then he's running around. The, like for the next 15 minutes of the episode, he's running around with his with his just his boxer shorts, his all front covered in blood holding his crotch. Yeah. And, and then the Delta rubs him down, of course. But, you know, <sighs> not before all that pain and humiliation. But the Delta doesn't just run him down. Okay, the Delta does a little dance in only the way it could and an evil did flick and then slowly lowers its rotating tire down onto his face. Yes. I mean, and it they, was a, the camera does not cut away. No, 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 no. They stay right there as first flesh and then muscle and then skull are all ripped apart. Yeah. That in, in a way only Evil Dead could do. Uh, not to mention the fact that one of the girls had gotten back in the car and yes. she tried to escape and it used the seatbelts to strap her in. Not to kill her right off. Nope. It wanted her to oh, watch. No. It locked her in. It strapped her in eventually. Yeah, It hasn't killed her yet. As far as we know, she's still stuck in this car. Uh, they, it also slammed its door on one of the kids and three of his fingers just cut right off and landed but, on her lap. Yep. And, and that, and she did run him down later though. Yes. So he's, he's now dead and not suffering the pain of those missing fingers. Right. But it was definitely all about making them be in pain and then oh, yeah. death. Oh yeah. Um, Ted Ramey, Ted Ramey, Ted Ramey was in this episode. <laughs> that yes, was great. He was, as playing, that, playing an old chum. Oh. I swear to God, they went, that's the douchiest name we could think of, Chet. Exactly. No threat, Chet. And then um, whatever drink he made that had uh, drugs in it. It's going to be an an expletive, so cover your ears, children. But the drink was called Pink Fuck. That's right. And it was was like, yeah, it was this, 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 and then a heaping handful of ketamine. ketamine. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) 
Ah, great. Wow. Great and episode. did you stick around to the end of the episode where he actually did the voiceover and he's like, kids, don't ever try drinking anything like that. It's terrible and it will kill you. Yes. Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was great. And then, but unfortunately in this episode, once, you know, Ash saves Brock, his dad from Amber. And Brock Which was finally the girl realized, who read the ne- Necronomicon yes, and became a deadite yes, in the back of the car. That's right. And bit off the guy's dick, and yeah. she was she was fixing to do the same to poor Brock. But it it was like a sexy buildup. They decided to have the bull riding competition, and his dad was yes. on there, and she leapt onto the bull and was riding him while he's riding the bull. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Brock Williams with he's his little snap pack of Viagra. He's definitely got wood. Yep. Um, that's his slogan for his company. But uh, yeah. Ash saves him from being killed by Amber. And uh, Ash, in his Ash ways, like, you know, waits until the last minute to save him. Yep. And then Brock forgives him and says that my son's a hero. And he's sorry he never doubted him. And he had something so important to tell him. A reveal that would be too difficult. Oh. So vital to your existence. Vital to your existence. And then he gets killed by the Delta. Harshly. Oh, brutally dead. Yeah. Yeah. This was like, oh, he got hit by a car. He might get up in the next episode. Like his head was crushed. Like yeah. Gallagher crushes a watermelon. There's no coming back from that. No, one, no, 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 no. Um, I don't think we touched on this last episode and I wanted to real quick because last episode or what, maybe it was the first episode. Um, but when they show Cheryl's room mm-hmm. and Ash has that pause and he looks and everything, I thought that was cool. It was. Yes. I thought that was cool. So, yeah, and um, then Brock brought it up in this episode, yes, I believe, right. about you know you got my daughter killed. Yes, and they have their big fight, and yep. then later he forgives him because he now believes in the deadites. But you know, at least his dad no died knowing his son wasn't a killer, and Ash, yeah, giving his blessing. You know, Ash finally got yes. to hear his dad say, "I'm proud of you. You were right. I yeah. I forgive you." <laughs> <laughs> in a truly evil dead fashion. Exactly. I love this show so much. Like, I'm so glad that we're getting another full season after this season. Yep. At least. I mean, it's so great. And uh, I remember when Bruce Campbell, when he first talked about the first season, he's like, you know, I've been, the, I've been, this will be like his, my third series as the lead actor. Mm-hmm. And he goes, first, <laughs> you never made it past the first season, so we'll see what happens. Right. And then he's like, the second season renewed before the first one even airs? This is great. So, <laughs> See, I expected him to say that he was also the lead actor in Burn Notice, just because it's Bruce Campbell. And I would expect him to be like, yeah, you know, I was the lead actor. <sighs> but he has been on TV a long time. Yes, he has. And we got uh, Briscoe County Jr. Well, he was on Ellen, Briscoe County Jr., Xena, uh, Hercules, Jack of All Trades. Uh, burn notice. He even got a rare TV movie of the week of his burn notice character. Yes, he did. Wasn't so bad I mean, either. I, I thought I, enjoy, I enjoyed it. Yep. I enjoyed it. Ah, so Evil Dead was amazing. Ash vs. Evil Dead. Yes. That's uh, my pick of the week. It's going to be <laughs> for the next seven. I, oh, I have a pick of the week, but it happened oh. on Saturday, and so I'll have to save it until afterwards because it's a new show. So, oh, a new show happened this past what, what Saturday. What, what's the title? 
Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency. I want to see that written by um, uh, Max Douglas Landis. Adams. Max Max Landis is the creator of that show. Right, Douglas Adams did the book back in the eighties. Yes, I, I want to see that. So I that was on Saturday night. Holy what channel is that on? God, it's on BBC. That's right, it, BBC America. Yes. Well, as long as we're talking about it, I'm going to talk about this. All right, do it. I want now, to hear about it. Now, here's the thing. Normally, I'd be like, "Oh, you should watch this show." This show, I put it on in the background because I was like, "I got to do some stuff on the computer. I'll just put this on in the background because it's a BBC show. You know, maybe I won't care." I didn't get anything done on the computer because I, my eyes kept going to the TV. This is one of the most messed up, bizarre, hilarious shows I have seen in forever. And I know that I throw some of those terms around, but it was unbelievable. Like, at one point, so you've got Elijah Wood is the only actor or actress that I really recognized. He plays a bellhop at this hotel where somebody was murdered. And... It, it's just got, it's Douglas Adams writing. So like, if you've ever seen Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, you know what this kind of stuff is. So like, he gets fired because he happened to be checking in on somebody and, and somebody got murdered. So he was around the crime scene and the cops are like, we don't want you to go anywhere. Don't go anywhere. Don't go anywhere. Don't leave town. Don't leave town. Don't go anywhere. Don't leave town. They were like really insistent on it. So his boss tells him, yeah, since you're kind of mixed up in this whole thing, he's like, I'm not mixed up in this whole thing. He's like, yeah, we're going to have to fire you. It's going to be a same day termination. He's like, what do you mean? Every termination is a same day termination. He's like, right. Well, this one's going to be a same day termination. So you're fired now. So he's sitting at home at one point and he hears this slamming and this yelling and he goes outside and his landlord has a a hammer, just a regular claw hammer. And he's beating the crap out of his car and screaming, where's my money? Where's my money? I want my money. And he runs up to him and he's like, I gave you your money. And he's like, no, you didn't. I want my money. And he's like, I gave you your money yesterday. And he goes, how do you know what happened yesterday? Are you a historian? You're not a historian. You don't know what happened yesterday. How dare you say you know what happened yesterday? And it was freaking bizarre, but I couldn't stop watching. One of the next scenes, and I know you'll appreciate this. One of the next scenes, there's this guy sitting there with headphones on doing something. He's not even paying attention. His buddy's standing by a car. And all of a sudden, out of the blue, for no reason whatsoever, this woman just comes up behind the guy next to the car with a machete, stabs him through the chest, and then hacks him to pieces. Then she starts chasing the other guy with the headphones because he couldn't hear any of this happening. But then he sees her coming and she's chasing him with a machete. She's covered in mud and blood and dirt and her hair's all bedraggled and her clothes are all ripped. And she's chasing him and they, they like run down the road and he jumps into a culvert and she trips and falls into the culvert. And they're both like dragging themselves away from each other or he's dragging himself away and she's dragging herself towards him. And she's like, Dirk, gently, you're going to die. And he goes, who the hell's Dirk Gently? And she stops and looks at him, and she goes, oh, come on, really? You're not Dirk Gently? And he goes, no, who's Dirk Gently? She goes, well, why did you run? He's like, she, you had a machete. You were coming at me. Well, why didn't you just say you're not Dirk Gently? Because I don't know who Dirk Gently is. <laughs> It's that kind of messed up stuff. Later on, a little later on, they're driving down the road. She's driving, and he's sitting there looking really nervous, and she's like, I'm really glad you decided to come with me. And he says, you told me if I didn't come with you, you'd kill me. She's like, I know. I'm glad you decided to come with me instead of deciding to die. <laughs> but <laughs> they pull into a gas She goes, 
we need to get gas. And he's like, no, we don't. We're on full. And she's like, trust me. I have a feeling. So she pulls into this gas station, gets out of the car, says, get on the hood, uh, get on the roof where I could see you. And he goes, don't you think that's going to look suspicious? Nah. He's like, what are you doing? She's like, I got to go inside. I've got a feeling. So she walks inside, picks up some food, starts eating it, turns to her right, and there's like dead bodies everywhere, and there's one guy standing there with a gun. She, He's pointing it at her. She grabs the gun from him, shoots him in the head, and then walks back out of the building without picking anything up, without buying anything, just walks back out of the building, and he goes, did you just shoot somebody? She's like, yes. Why? I'm an assassin. You're an assassin. I'm a holistic assassin. What do you mean you're a holistic assassin? Basically, the whole premise is that she's holistic, like Dirk is, which means that everything is connected, and they just kind of go with the flow. So she just gets these feelings that tell her that she needs to go kill people. She says, I don't do that whole thing with, like, sniper rifles and and barbed wire and poisons and stuff like that. I don't take contracts. I just go where I'm supposed to, and I kill the people that I'm supposed to kill. He's like, that sounds like a murder spree. She's like, I've never killed the wrong person. Fair enough. It's insane. There's a group that break into Dirk's, uh, that break into Elijah Wood's apartment and trash the place. Just absolutely trash the place. They're called the Rowdy Three. And there's four of them. I, I don't understand it, but they're called the Rowdy Three. They even spray paint a giant three on his wall. And nice. they stand around Dirk's body because he's curled up on the floor in the fetal position and they all open their mouths and it's like they're sucking his soul or something. Like this white stuff comes off him and into their mouths and then they just walk out the fire escape and the cops are, are slow to get up there. So the landlord bursts in and he's like, what you guys do to this place? Like it's their fault. They're like, it was a group of hooligans. I didn't see no hooligans. How the hell are you saying that there's hooligans? It's, it's hilarious. I can't even do it justice. This show is so amazing. I sat down to watch it a second time already because I couldn't get over how great it was. There were, there were two guys. I called them the monks because they had bald heads and tattoos on the back of their necks. And they went to the hotel and one of them grabbed the hotel manager and grabbed him by the wrist and kept saying, at the murder scene, did you find a kitten? He's like, what? He's like, did you find a kitten? Uh, Why would I have found a kitten? Did you find a kitten? No, I didn't find a kitten. There was no kitten? No, there was no kitten. So you didn't find a kitten? He's like, no. Okay, good. We're done here. And the other guy pulls out. It it sounds like a taser, and it is a taser, except it's a crossbow. He literally lifts up a crossbow, fires a bolt into the guy's heart, but then it tases him, and he starts convulsing from the electric shock. Okay. This show is insane, dude. The the description of the book, I had to look it up online. The description of the book was a thumping good detective ghost horror whodunit time travel romantic musical comedy epic. Nice. Yeah. It's amazing. You, you've got to see this show. You're going to laugh your head off, and you're going to want to go back and watch it a second or third time just to pick up on all the stuff that you might have missed. Are I, they hour-long episodes or half-hour uh, this one, it This one had commercials, but it ran an hour and 16 minutes. Okay. And then the commercials, of course, cut into that part. But Correct. Yeah. So I'd say that it was probably around an hour long. Check it out. Everybody Ooh, check this out. I'll definitely have to check that out. If you like anything like The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy or anything irreverent and humorous, it's not slapstick. You know, it feels like Sherlock meets Monty Python kind of thing. It's awesome. It's hilarious. you got to watch it. 
Cool. I'd definitely be checking that out then. Cool. Yeah. Hey, did you watch Westworld? I did watch Westworld. So, uh, this was an interesting episode. Yes, that's a good word. I, I think they, they spent a lot, um, huh, how do I want to say this? They spent a lot of time, there's a lot of explanations going on in this episode, I think. Yes, this was as definitely as, a story one. Yeah, definitely telling us more about, um, the hosts and their thinking and, you know, they're starting to realize more, starting to, the employees are starting to realize more and more that the hosts are, for whatever reason, they're thinking back to their past lives and they're remembering things that happened. Like, all right, remember the, the scene where the guy killed all those people and he was drinking milk and the milk was coming out of him because he'd been shot, but he didn't die. Right. So in that scene, we find out that everyone that he shot and killed had killed him in a past storyline. Exactly. And then he's screaming for a guy named Arnold or telling Arnold, you know, where are you, whatever. And because she, you know, Shannon, I don't know what her real name is, but she's Shannon on, you know. Yeah. Uh, she uh, she brings up like well, like um, the, the point of well, who's this Arnold guy he keeps yelling for? It's like he's having a conversation with someone, but there's nobody there. Right. And then, of course, we find out later from Bernard talking to Anthony Hopkins' character that Arnold was a partner, mm-hmm. his partner. And he tried to make the host conscious using internal dialogues. The voice of God, essentially. Yeah, exactly, the voice of God. And so, you know, Anthony Hopkins just states that, you know, he died. He died in the park. Arnold died in the park a long time ago. And that the money people made him disappear, essentially, scrubbed him from history. But right. uh, we don't know how he died. We don't know if he really is dead. You know, it's not like they showed us the flashback to how he died. It's not like, you know, we saw a body or anything like that. And mm-hmm. so, I don't know, is he at the center of the maze? And then they keep talking about how these memory lapses or glitches and that they should be taken care of with a new upgrade. I, I'm starting to think that the upgrade is causing this. That this is that this is being purposely done by Anthony Hopkins' character. Because they're not just memory glitches. We're also seeing evolution of behaviors. Yes, exactly. You know, Dolores you know? actually stood up for herself this time. You know, well, she shot the host that was trying to rape her instead of yeah, letting it carry out. And that was the other thing too. It's like you saw, you know, James Martin's character tried to teach her how to shoot a gun. And she couldn't shoot it at all. And he's just like, oh, some hands aren't made to fire a gun. And then we find out later that, you know, those people that got stuck in a loop because no one was there to cook the food, because no one can get the fire, because only the cook can use the axe, because they only allow certain hosts to use weapons. Right. They, and so that's careful about that. So Dolores' programming is she's not allowed to use the weapons. Right. And... um but then at the end, like you said, that host is going to rape her in the barn. And so this – and then this is the harsh reality that – I don't know about harsh reality, but this was the thing I realized where – because Bernard's talking to Dolores and he says, you you know, you, you live in a – you have a hor- – basically tells her she has a horrible life. And how can you be happy living in this life? Right. Because it's miserable for you. And she's just like, oh, some people like to see the good never – you know what I mean? And then now I realize that – Every day when she comes home, if it's not the man in black, then it's a host that rapes her. Mm-hmm. So she's raped and probably murdered every 
single day. After seeing her dad murdered. After seeing her mom yeah, and her dad Teddy murdered. murdered. And Teddy, yeah, sometimes Teddy murdered. But rather, Ted goes home with her or not. No matter what happens, every night when she goes home, people are killed. Yeah. And she starts to see, you know, like, but she can't fire the gun until she sees, like, a vision of the man in black in front of her. Right. right? And yep. there's this voice that says, kill him. Mm-hmm. And so is that like Arnold's voice? Is that like that inner dialogue type thing that we, that we were, they talked about earlier? Right. And so she kills that host and heads out. And then she has a flash of getting shot in the past by yes. the host on the porch. Yep. And so that's, I was like, every night this poor girl gets killed. <laughs> you know? Oh, and then, okay. Remember at the beginning, um, she opens up the drawer, she pulls the gun out, looks at it, puts it away, and then she opens the drawer back up and it's not there? Yes. Okay, what was up with that? Was, did we have a time flash? Did something happen? I don't know that it was a time flash. I think that it was her her programming wouldn't allow her to recognize guns, wouldn't allow her to use guns. So like, Maybe it wouldn't allow her to see it. Right. That okay. That's how I took it. I could be wrong. Well, it's like when her, her first dad, if you will, was stuck on looking at that picture, and she says, doesn't look like anything to me. Right. But we never saw her point of view of it. So, yeah, okay, I can buy that. I can buy that. Yeah. But, um, I mean, yeah, and she's not the only one that had memory flashes. The uh, the, the black prostitute there. Maeve. She had, Maeve had a memory flash. Not only had a memory flash, but then she had the memory. When she saw Teddy, she yeah. recognized him from that glass room where the cleaners were cleaning all the bodies. Exactly. Yeah. A memory flash she shouldn't have had. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. It, and it, um, it was interesting that the cookie guy, the, or sorry, the wood chopper guy that wandered off the stray, he had carved all those different things like the bear and stuff. Yep. Yeah. And then he carved Orion, uh, Orion into all of them and they never didn't figure that one out. I think that that has something to do with the man in black yeah. um, because he now knows the way to get to the, um, the maze entrance, mm-hmm. you know, the clue that the girl gave him. Yep. Perhaps if it's some kind of hidden game type of thing, then it triggered something in that stray. You know, he might have the next clue, which is Orion and it kind of well, made him go a little insane. Well, they, they, they likened the, the stray to, um, Herd of cattle or one wanders off by itself. Right. But most and cattle don't try to kill themselves right afterwards. No, 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 no. But that's kind of how they like in that adventure or whatever. They're going off to get that. And then, so then it's like, why, why did it kill itself? It woke up after being programmed to sleep. It woke up and then it kills himself by crushing his own skull with a rock. And remember they're going to, they're cutting his head off to bring his head back. Yeah. That's the only thing they need. So my thought is like, is he destroying himself so they cannot analyze him? Or is his brain like messed up enough that he like he kind of like being stuck in a loop and it was the only way he could get out of it kind of thing? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. You know what question I had that was it's been glossed over, but I was wondering about it. So you remember last episode at the end, they've got Maeve in there. They're going to cut her open to find whatever it was, Mercer or whatever. She had Mercer, yeah. Yeah. I don't know why they had to cut open her guts to find that, but 
Okay. But here's the thing. She's laying on the table there. She wakes up. They're like, oh, my God, you didn't put her in a power down mode. And then they chase her and they inject her with something. Now, that entire campsite of looped people yeah. were shut down just as they walked up. Like, they walked yep. up, hit a button on a tablet, and they all shut down, stopped, yep. froze. Same yep. thing with the stray when he was down in the in the cavern there. Yep. You know, they shut him down remotely. Why did they have to chase her down? Why did they have to inject her? Good question. Makes it more dramatic that way. Well, no, it's been bugging me because it feels yeah. like there's something missing there. Like if they're not inside Westworld, they oh. can't be shut down. Yeah, okay. Okay, I can go with that. That kind of makes it – well, no, because when they're in there and they're sitting naked in the chairs, you know, they're, right. they're responding to the commands and everything, and they do shut them down. Yeah, so why didn't these guys shut her down that way? What maybe, was they don't have, maybe, maybe they don't have access to that. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe they panicked. Uh, did you also happen to pick up that quick uh, quip there where the guy said, I'm not paying 40000 a day? Yes, 40000 I, I Yes, I did. And I'm like, holy shite, it's forty grand a day? Yeah. No wonder they let these people do anything they want if they're paying forty grand a day. Yeah. And also, remember last week I talked how I thought maybe William was the man in black? Right. Clearly he's not. Clearly he's not. Although it is very interesting that um, I started putting it in my uh, notes as White Hat, and then he even called himself that. Yep, yep. So I, I agree. We've got White Hat and the Man in Black. Um, hold on a second. Sure. And then what was the other thing I was going to bring up? I think was that. Oh, they started the new narrative. Anthony Hopkins launched his new narrative, but we don't really know much about it other than they gave James Marsden's character a backstory. Right. And he was very careful about that. He said that, um, you know, everybody has to have a backstory to feel complete. And once yep. they have their backstory, that's the only way that they can grow. Yeah. So basically Teddy's backstory is that he was serving under that one guy in the army. Wyatt. Yep. Wyatt went crazy, took some men with him, and they became butchers and cannibals and monsters. Now, did you find it odd that Teddy's gun, when he shot them, nothing happened to them? I did find it a little bit odd. So Kate was just like, are those all guests? Right. doing this then? It could very well be, or it could be that it's programmed that he's not allowed to solve that part of his backstory. Maybe. I don't know. Um, but that was the other thing I was going to bring up. William, the white hat, got shot. Yes. Fell down. I'm like, huh. And he got up and he showed the bruise and everything. Yep. So initially I thought, oh, this powers my theory that he is the man in black. And then this took place a long time ago before they figured out how to, you know, because the man in black is shot several times. It doesn't seem to bother him. Right. Um, but then, of course, we see later that, you know, it's, there's no way he could be. Right. Because his friend does say that. He's like, wait, I thought you said they couldn't shoot us. Well, I said they couldn't hurt you. Yeah. But they still have to be able to shoot you. No, I, said, I thought you said they couldn't They couldn't hurt us. He said, well, no, I said they couldn't kill you. Yeah. Yeah. So um, there's a theory out there that Mr. Uh, Meringue had pointed me to. Was it Mr. Meringue? No. Maybe it was Kelly. Yeah, it might have been. Yeah, I think it was Kelly. Uh, she pointed it out to me, and the logic's kind of weak, but it's an interesting theory. And the theory goes that Bernard is a host, and the reasoning behind it has to do with backstories and the revelation of uh, Arnold. So the thought process is that Anthony Hopkins didn't want to lose his friend, 
So he created a copy of Arnold in Bernard. Uh, and they're, talk- they're talking about how hosts all have these backstories. You're seeing them in flashes and stuff, but none of the other people seem to have backstories. You know, Shannon Woodard's character, the executive lady, uh, Anthony Hopkins, none of them have backstories that we know of until you get to Bernard. And then we see that he lost a son. He's got Gina Torres for a wife. You know, they're talking about, oh, the son is gone and, you know, I still miss him and I still wake up. So he's the, he seems to be the only one outside of the simulation that has a compelling backstory story well but see the, the faults i find with that then Are so many? then if, yeah because like first of all when all the commands the voice commands that they all respond to wouldn't he respond to them as well yes unless he is arnold's ultimate creation and he doesn't respond to them right like if anthony hopkins designed him with arnold yeah. to be to carry on the legacy because he's been scrubbed remember arnold's been scrubbed um so if they designed him so that he could be completely autonomous and not submit to anybody's will, it's a possibility. Like I said, the logic's kind of weak, but it was an interesting theory. Yeah, 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 okay. Okay. Uh, also interesting to note that um, Bernard does seem to take a particular interest in Dolores, and he has those private talks with her. Everybody takes an interest in Dolores. (laughs) But he always asks her, you know, you're not telling people what we talked about, right? And then, you know, wipe out what we talked about. And this time he gave her Alice's Adventures in Wonderland. Yes, had her read that passage. Yep. See if it meant anything to her. Good show. It is a good show. Yeah, it is. So, geez, we, we've talked news, we've talked trailers, we've talked one night, basically. So yep. there's, there's a lot to go on. I, I, I don't think I'm going to go into big, huge, depthy details with a lot of the shows this week because I just don't think they need to be. Nope. You know what I mean? Um, like, for instance, Big Bang Theory, it was, again, it was another good episode, but it wasn't anything that was, like, overly compelling. Yeah, the whole storyline about Raj and Howard sneaking into the hot tub and talking about how much their lives suck was, eh. Like, who cares? And then, you know. uh, Pairing off the two couples, but opposite. Yeah, yeah, with Amy and Sheldon and everything, yeah, helping each other realize how things are. I mean, it was, I guess it was a good episode. You know, I laughed, I enjoyed it, but it wasn't anything, it's still better than last season. Yes. So. Yep. That's a positive. Yep. I'll agree with you there. Timeless. Oh, good episode. Another great episode. What I like the most about this is that there was no significant historical event. Right. Um, like you know, like the Hindenburg or the assassination of Lincoln. Like they, they kept it like this this part of history is kind of like a, a um an unknown part, if you will. Right, because of all the spying and everything that was going on. Yeah, exactly, which is essentially, you know, um, they're trying to, uh, was it uh, JFK's mistress and on and on and on. But ultimately what happened was, is, is you know, Flynn got himself a uranium core mm-hmm. from a atomic bomb, buried it in the ground, and then went and retrieved it 50 years later. I, I thought that was called genius. it. I called yeah. it. When I saw them digging the hole, I'm like, that's going to come into play. And then they're like, oh, yeah. we're smuggling oh, yeah. out. And I was like, oh, I know what they're doing. They're going to bury it, and they're going to wait and come back. 
Yep, because when they talked about like bringing the uranium core through the timeline and if mm-hmm. it could explode and this and that, I'm like, he's not going to risk that. No, he's not. Oh, that's right. They dug a big hole earlier. There we go. But see, here's the thing. It's a plutonium core. I thought it was yep. really funny that um the guy was like, it's not an atomic bomb. It's a nuclear bomb. Uh, it's not a nuclear bomb. It's an atomic bomb. And they're like, okay. He goes, so anyway, the nuclear bomb. I'm like, dude, come on. <laughs> um, and then we find out that, you know, Max Hedrum's working for him the whole time. <laughs> Matt Frewer, yeah. But he yeah. seems to be under a lot of distress. Uh, that's the thing that I was going to say is he's got the plutonium core. It doesn't necessarily mean that he's building a bomb. Everyone's like, oh, he's got a bomb. No, he doesn't have a bomb necessarily. you got to remember, these people do time travel. And as we've seen so far, the ship can, like, touch down in certain spots, but it's not like it can get up and fly away. There's some other technology at, at stake yeah. here, I think. Right they're, right. they're working on something else. And and we have found Flynn's ultimate plan, which is to erase Rittenhouse from the hist from history. Yes. We still don't know who or what. Oh, we don't know who he is. is. Yeah. Yeah. Could be so. a man, could be a an organization. Yeah. Um I did like the the fact that um, Wyatt tried to send his wife a telegram through Western Union in 2012. Hey, it worked on Back to the Future. Yes. It yeah. was tragic. It was tragic and sad, but at the same time, I loved it, especially when he gave that line. But, uh, yeah. Um, and I like the fact that uh, Rufus really embraced his, you know, it's 1962. I am invisible here. Yes. I thought that was hilarious. He just walks off, walks in the kitchen, walks back. Yeah, 1962. I'm invisible. It's my superpower. The same thing when they were like, we got to get out there fast. He just walked up to the guy like he was valet park and he's like, yeah. take your key, sir. See, invisible. <laughs> I like that. What is that? It's a cigarette girl's uniform. Well, find me a cocktail waitress uniform. <laughs> Uh, but we got to meet Judith Campbell, you know, JFK's mistress slash the mob boss's mistress slash pretty much everybody's mistress at the time. But she did it well. She was doing it for the power, and she had a lot of power. Yes. Yes, indeed. <laughs> um, I'm kind of over uh, the Lucy storyline of her now having a fiancé and not knowing him. Well, they just broke up, so it's it's all good. They didn't break up. She's going to go stay with her mom for a couple of days or a couple of weeks. And he said the sweet guy thing and was like, I'll wait here for you no matter what. Gave her the little kiss on the cheek and she got all teary and done with it. I want to know what happened to his wife because he said that if you knew how she died, you'd know that there's no fate, that there's just dumb luck. Yeah, she died senselessly. Yep. I still think it's kind of interesting. I mean, like, how would you react if all of a sudden, like, I mean, she has no, that's the other thing too, is like when they come back from going in time, when they come back to the new timeline where everything's changed, they don't possess the memories. Right. You know what I mean? It's not like every other thing where all of a sudden, like, even in with frequency where they like get the memory of what had happened. Right. So, um, I find that I, and I kind of like that. I do, I do kind of like that aspect of the story that they don't yes. know because it does make it more interesting, especially when they're trying to convince people. No, originally it was John Wilkes Booth. Well, it wasn't anymore. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, uh, good show. I- I'm really enjoying it. It's solid. It's not like um, I don't jump at the opportunity to watch it every week. Like, oh my god, Timeless is on. But I definitely exactly. enjoy it when I watch it. Yep. So yeah, no, I agree with you there as well. Yeah. I'll keep going. So Gotham. Um, <sighs> okay, this is all I'm going to say about Gotham. 
I actually am starting to like the badass chick duo of Tabitha and Barbara. <laughs> the sirens? Yeah. I am starting to like that. I, I am I, as I well. Am. Um, I don't know if Nigma's really being the best friend of Penguin or if Nigma's out for himself. I think it's both. But he clearly, you know, sets up Butchie. Yeah. And Butchie had it coming. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which, because, yeah, he did. And then the whole Selena and Bruce feeling things I could do without. My notes, I had two of them. Seriously, Bruce's storyline is now about waiting for a sign to be with Selena. That's yep. That's what Bruce Wayne has been reduced to in Gotham. Yep. And then the other note was Bruce Wayne, sexual predator, because he gets her alone on a rooftop and tells her, I like you. And she's like, oh, please. And he like steps in really close. So he's like right on top of her and he's already taller than her. So he's like dominating her. And he's like, you have to feel it. You have to know there's something you have to, you have, I'm like, wow, this guy is a potential rapist. Calm down, Bruce. Yeah. You're a teenage boy with hormones and Kudos to Kat for looking at him and saying, you don't think that it's because I'm literally the only girl you know? I know. I thought that was funny. How many <laughs> other girlfriends have you had? Uh, well, none. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so how the about money has nothing just... to do with The money has everything to do with it, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I hate that. That's an yeah. argument. You know, people are like, oh, well, money doesn't matter. You say that because you have money. You have if, money, If yes. you did not have the money, you would say, holy fuck, money matters. It's like today. Today, the wife and I went to di- dinner at a place we'd never been to before, lunch, at a place we'd never been to before. And the only reason why we went is because she won a $40 gift certificate you know, from her work at this place, and it's called Bullwinkles in Swaldeboro. And usually, I'm hesitant to go to places new nowadays because you know me, John. I'm a very frugal person, and I hate the idea of going to a restaurant that I've never been to if I haven't heard a lot of pause about it and spending – you know. 10, 20, 30, $40 and having it be crap. And, but today I didn't care because I had a $40 gift to forget that, and that covered my and my wife's and my son's entire meal with an appetizer. And I will say this, I will never go back there again because it was not good. So it was worth exactly what you paid for it. Exactly. But my point is, I actually didn't care. Like, I didn't bother me that I thought, like, when my food came and I was disappointed, I wasn't bothered. I was like, yeah, whatever, no big deal. It's not a loss on me because I had no out-of-pocket expense. So that in that case, the money didn't matter. But if I was spending that money on that, that $40 on that meal, I would have been ripped for wasting the money on that garbage. <laughs> Yeah. So, anyways, that's that's how I. Uh, yeah, Supergirl. Did you watch Supergirl, John? Sure did. So, yeah, uh, Metallo didn't last very long, but he did bring the havoc. Neither did Metallo two. Correct. They both they both got wiped up pretty quick. Yeah. Metallo two especially. Metallo two had the unfortunateness of having no backstory and just being <laughs> a red shirt. Just being somebody who helped develop Metallo one, and they were like, "Great, so your brain is better suited to being a guinea pig, apparently." Right. Yeah. Exactly. Instead of using you for the knowledge that you have, we're just going to make you the Metallo two, and you're going to die quickly. 
Um, Cat Grant's leaving, taking a leave of absence from Catco, so that's how they're going to save some money on Calista Flockhart <laughs> exactly. there. Exactly, drop the budget a bit. Yeah, well, I was because like that was the one thing when it went to CW that we all kind of thought or heard or read was just like they're going to have to cut the budget somehow. Yeah. So you may see less flying or this or that. I'm like, well, if you don't see flying, then there's no Supergirl. That's stupid. They got to leave that in. <laughs> And they did it by getting rid of like, you know, the DOE set is now less elaborate. Yep. And then, you know, Clister Flockhart's going to take a leave of absence. Did you also notice that ever since she decided to be a reporter, et cetera, uh, Kat calls her Kara, not Kara. No, uh, yes. Sorry, not Kira. Not Kira. Yep. Yep. <clears throat> um, and then of course she stands up for herself and proves herself to the guy that doesn't like her because I didn't hire you anyways. Yeah. Yeah. She she stood right up to him, and she also stood right up to Alex and told her, even though I've been living with you for my entire life and you guys raised me as family, this guy's my real family, so I want to go follow him, and you couldn't possibly understand because you're not super-powered. Yeah. And I went, really, guys? Come on. Yeah, We're that was this awesome. storyline? Yeah, that was some pretty weak sauce storyline, too. Best line of the night, though, goes to the guy playing Superman when they were facing down the armed assailants. That, that drove his car into one of them and then yes. backed it into the other one. Yes. They fired yes. off several rounds. The bullets pinged off them, so he starts <laughs> punching him. And he says, see now, if the bullets didn't work, why the punching? I never understood that. <laughs> yeah, I really like the guy playing Superman. Yes. And Rude brought something up that he had read that I hadn't heard, and I, I didn't try to research it either after he told me this, but there's a rumor that Superman may get his own show next season if it goes well enough. Interesting. On the, and it would be on, you know, like on the CW or not. I don't know, but it'd be like, well, I guess they'd have five nights a week DC stuff mm. on the CW. But is that too much? Yes. It seems like a lot, really. And then, all right, so, all right, well, okay, so Arrow started. Then you brought Flash into the universe. And then all the, a lot of the characters from Arrow and Flash got their own spinoff for Legends of Tomorrow. So it was kind of cool. You did two episode crossover. Now you're doing a three, you know, two, two series crossover. And now you're going to do three series crossover with Legends. And it's like, oh, that's quite a bit. And now they're going to do a four series crossover this year with all four of the shows. And it's like, all right, they all basically have the same showrunners. They all, you know, so they're, they're one big happy family. I think five would be too much. Mm -hmm. If they did the Superman series, but like changed the timeline so it didn't take place as the same as the others, maybe that would be cool. No. I think that would make it worse. But I was going to say, but yeah, you'd want it to be with the others because, but then it doesn't get too hard. Or do you just leave him as a guest character? Right. I don't know. Regardless, I like the guy playing Superman. I saw a commercial the other day for Hulu, and they were talking about different shows that they have in their library, and they said that they had the entire season of Smallville, and it was one clip from the show of Tom Welling running down the road with their yep. you know, awesome running effects. And I thought about it, and I said, you know, Smallville was nothing more than The Flash, because they never let him fly, but they'd let him run up the side of buildings or jump really high, but he couldn't fly until the very end, like the hmm. very, very end. He just ran everywhere. Hmm. So Smallville was essentially the Flash 1.0. That's a very valid point right there. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, we never got to see him in the suit. That's still a that that's still a 
Dick sore spot with me. <laughs> you know? I mean, yep. seriously, after all that time and energy and effort and all that time invested, we don't even get to see him in the suit for crying out loud. Speaking of suits, uh, when alone, single-handedly developed body armor for Superman and Supergirl to help protect them from the Metallo brothers. And it was a single shield across their S that, that fit right across the S. What if Metallo had fired at any other part of their body? Yeah, right. And he developed it using the technology they got from Kara's aunt. Yeah, and then it could take the full force of that kryptonite beam to it, but yeah. one punch and it was down. <laughs> Do you think that the rest of the Kryptonians that were such a key players last season are, are going to be gone from the storyline? Yeah, I think so, because, you know, budget. Yeah, yeah. But hey, Linda Carter's on the show, so mm. hey, that's kind of neat. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... All right, Shield this week. Mm -hmm. This is what I'm going to say about Shield. I got a lot of hype from people saying how awesome this is going to be, how much you're going to love it. Can't wait you have to hear about it. And here's my analysis of Shield. If the episode is 45 minutes long without commercials, it was 37 minutes of garbage, and then a few minutes of awesomeness, and then it wrapped up really well. Yeah, I I think that outside of the actual Ghost Rider fight. With uh, yeah. James, it yep. was a f it was a filler kind of episode. Yep. I mean, I liked the way that they chased the Ghost Rider car into an invisible Quinjet. That was kind of funny. Yep. That was cool. I mean, you had a nice ca cool car chase scene. That was cool. I agree. Yep. But a lot uh, of it, like focusing on the fact that they were using May, the most discerning agent in the world, as the Turing test for Ada. It felt yeah. like a Three's Company episode. You know, every time now, Ada would start to talk, they'd be like, oh, uh, uh, she's from Canada, Mr. Yeah. Furley. Uh, ha, ha, ha. Now, did, did May pick up on the fact she was an android? No, she did not. Neither she nor Coulson, but Simmons did. Oh, Simmons did instantly. And, of course, she has a polygraph tomorrow. That's right. Dun, oh, dun, yeah. dun. Exactly. But uh, when James whipped the chain back and Ghost Rider caught the chain. <laughs> uh-huh. That was badass. Oh yes, absolutely. It was. And I and I love the line of Colson going two two fire guys. <laughs> I think I wrote two that. Fire guys did, did two fire dudes That's... just drop into a warehouse full of fireworks? You had to see that coming. Come on, you had to see that coming. And they all run out. Yeah, that was pretty fantastic. And I love how Reyes comes dragging him out by the chain. He's like, "You yes. said alive, right?" Yeah, and then now he's got his chain. Yeah, no, their fight was pretty awesome. Like, yeah, that was really awesome. But then we also got introduced to the idea of the Darkhold, which is this magical book of something. Nobody really knows what it is because nobody's ever been able to find it. Fury never found it. The Red Skull never found it. White Hull never found it. So, of course, they're going to find it. Of course they are. Yeah, of course they are. But anyway, so I, I, I thought the end of the... Uh, I thought the it, end of the episode good was moments. good. I thought the end of the episode was good, but throughout the episode, I, it wasn't. I didn't think it was all that awesome, but whatever. Do you think that now they've found a way to stop? Like they found out that James had willingly let the watchdogs piggyback the signal off his watch so that they could um, get the list and find out where the targets were. Do you think that now that they know that they'll 
they won't have to worry about the watchdogs having all that info anymore? Or do you think that they'll find another way? I, I mean, do you think that this that this episode wrapped up that loose end? Uh, no, I think they'll get the information some other way. I don't think they're done. Okay. Yeah, I definitely think they're going to get their information some other way. So. Anyhow, um, so let's see here. Uh, I'm going to say really quickly that Lucifer this week was goofy. Oh, please do. Talk about Lucifer. It, it was goofy. It, it culminated in a girl's night, which was Maze and Chloe and um, the psychiatrist lady and the new CSI tech there. And it was just kind of ridiculous. I still keep watching the show, but it's getting goofier and goofier every week. Um, and, and mom is adjusting to her new suburban housewife life. Uh, she doesn't like the kids very much, but she found that her husband's easy because every time he starts to ask questions that she doesn't know the answer to, all she has to do is have sex with him and he stops asking questions. Yeah, I don't. I don't miss not watching that show anymore. Yeah. How much longer are you going to stick with it? Uh, I think that I'm going to give it, I, I don't know. It, there'll probably be a cutoff point. Like there'll be one episode when I'm like, throw my hands in the air and done. So I'm just going to keep going until then. Enjoy it while I can. See if they manage to bring it back around to less goofy, more biblical, serious kind of stuff. You know, when it started off, it felt like it had a Constantine kind of theme to it. Yeah. But no, I mean, now it's like a spring break kind of thing. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I don't care for it. But that's all I got to say about that. The middle was good. Um, again, um, wasn't, I'm not going to go into a long talk about it. It's just, I don't, somehow the show sticks around. I enjoyed this episode. There's some good laughs in it. Uh, it's, it's, I think it's going to be one of those you like it or you don't like it things. I liked it for several years, but then I just didn't care anymore. Yeah. So, uh, anyways, let's see. Uh, oh, Flash. Gosh, Flash is on Tuesdays. Sure was. Jesse Quick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and this, it was a good episode. The same old Harry that we've come to know and hate. You know, the one who finds some way, somehow, to forget everything that he's learned in the past about the strength of his daughter and just look at her as a helpless little child. Yeah. But he does see her by the end, you know, go yeah. out there and help him. Yeah, he's done that, like, in every episode that featured both of them last season. Well, yeah. <laughs> That's how it's going to go. Yeah. And, so. and Wally is doing the jealous little kid thing. Yes, he is. He wants to make his own uh, powers come somehow emerge. He thinks it's going to happen. And 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 Barry knows it's going to happen because he saw him as Kid Flash in the alternate world. But I guess maybe that doesn't mean it will happen. No. You know what's going to happen? I'm predicting this right now. Go. Because think about the husks. Alchemy yeah. is going oh. around. And, and that's the thing. So Wally is all <sighs> jealous and he's all pissy. And so Alchemy's going to be like, I can give you your speed. And he's going to become a rival of the Flash. Because he's going to be like, I should have been Flash all along. In the other world, I was Flash. And you took that away from me by resetting the timeline. And 
Yeah, so they're going to make you know, Kid Flash a villain. I think I thought of that at one point, but I guess I dismissed it. And remember last week I said how um, Alchemy sounds like Jigsaw? Yes. That's because Tobin Bell does his voice, but it's, <laughs> he, he's uncredited. That's why. He's uncredited as doing the voice of, of Alchemy. But, yeah, it's Tobin Bell. So it, nice. it is Jigsaw. <laughs> nice. I, I like the fact that we had a villain, Magenta, you know, so the color pinkish-purple – just like what Magneto wears, who can control yeah. metal. Uh, Magneto's powers, yeah. I, I thought, that. and then Barry, you know. But but you know what though? But they showed that even if Al- Alchemy does take over someone's, turns them evil. Yes. You know, Barry can just give him a talking to, and they turn good. <laughs> That's his real superpower. The and they don't friendship. get in trouble with the law for the murders and crimes they committed, right? <laughs> because Joe just decides, hey, it wasn't your fault. So, yeah, I mean, I like the fact that it can be done. I like the fact that alarms going off and they're like, Barry's like, what's that? They're like, it's, it's her panic button. What do you mean panic button? We had them installed on everybody's phones because we all kept getting kidnapped. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, I thought that was funny. We all just kidnapped. Yeah, makes sense then. Uh, I also had my notes. Harry needs to stop the not thing. That's getting yes. really stupid. Um, they also have the, the foreshadowing where, you know, Caitlin's talking about, well, maybe she just doesn't know how to use her powers. And maybe she's just being careful and she doesn't want to, like, go over the top because she could hurt somebody with them if she doesn't understand. Yeah, Caitlin, we get it. You're trying to hide the fact they have frost powers. Just friggin' come out, <laughs> do it, deal with it, stop this. Yeah. Um, but, okay, this was interesting. You get to see the security footage of Clarice's cell. And we saw at the end of the last episode that a claw, a metal clawed arm grabbed him by the throat. Yes. But when you see the security footage, there's nothing there. And it looks like right. either he's being attacked by a speedster or an invisible force. Right, yeah. Do you think it's a speedster or do you think that it's like alchemy has a way of transcending the dimensions? I think alchemy has a way of cloaking himself so he's not picked up on the camera, yeah. Oh, that could be it too. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I know you probably didn't see this, but the commercial for next week is we're getting Mirror Master. Oh, really? I yes. know I did not see that. That's awesome. Yep, we're gonna get Mirror Master, and he full on throws Barry into a mirror and traps him in there, and he's gonna meet Sweet. up with his old partner Top, so that they can take on the Flash and Jesse Quick. Oh, that's really cool. I'm just excited. I hope that Mirror Master really doesn't cool. end up being like a one off villain. I hope that he comes back a few times, but. Um, yeah. actually, there was this whole. I forgot about this because I, I, for some reason, didn't make my little quick note. On um, the middle, uh, they do this whole segment about Brick not being able to swallow a pill, and it, that is actually pretty, pretty damn hilarious. Like he refuses to, or he just can't do it. Physically, is unable to, and they hmm. keep trying to get him to swallow a pill, and it's actually done to pretty, pretty hilarious extent. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, uh, heck. All right. Um, okay, I did not watch this week's Channel Zero. Okay. Yeah, you were going to let us know if it was any good or not. Yeah, I, I, I'll I'll let you know next week. I'll yeah. Get it. I, just, I, I had a lot of overtime, and I didn't – I just – Yeah, you gave it a kind of a mediocre review, and I didn't have time this week, so I was like, I'll just wait to see what he has to say. Yeah, so – that was how. That's how that was important to me. Bull was actually a a pretty good one this week. I will say, um, 
it was the same kind of theory, but they couldn't use any of their technology because they were dealing with a jury that was in a southern town where everybody knows everybody. Like, the tornado warning was going off, so the judge was just like, ah, uh, who wants to be on the jury? And a bunch of people raised their hands, and he's like, you, Alice, and you, Buford, and, and Ted, no, you're not going to do jury duty because you got that fishing trip coming up. So it was interesting to see that kind of thing added to the justice system, but otherwise, just a good episode. I enjoy the show for what it is. That's cool. Yep. Um, okay, so Superstore. I watched last week's episode with Dares, <laughs> and that was absolutely hilarious. Wasn't that I mean, awesome? <laughs> flipping awesome. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely hilarious. Loved, loved, loved it. This and, week's uh, episode with the dogs, eh, it was okay. Yeah, the um, I, I hated Glenn's story of trying to help them get a house and he was going to co-sign on it. And I know that was dumb. It was really dumb. Um, I liked Cheyenne's whole twist on, you know, well, there is this really smart guy who likes books and he really wants me. And it turns out to be one of the teachers. Yeah. That that's highly inappropriate to Cheyenne, yeah. by the way. But the best part was Dina and the rules. Oh, yes, it that made was me, good. It made me think of our old days at Movie Gallery. Oh, you know, my gosh. The way Garrett would follow her around, he'd be like, I'm sorry. Uh, according to the rule book, employees are only allowed one 15-minute restroom break per shift, and you already yeah. took yours. Yeah, yeah. One, rules yeah, are exactly. rules. Yeah, but, but I didn't even go last time. It was, it was a false start. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Rules are rules. And then afterwards, like uh, – um, Oh, I'm sorry. Our, our bathrooms are for customers only. Right. <laughs> She's going to buy something. You're going to pay for this tomorrow. I'm off tomorrow. Well, the day after that. I'm off the day after that. Well, Sunday. Oh, wait, no, I'm off Sunday. <laughs> oh, yeah. So the whole dog storyline, I didn't care for, but the rest of the show I thought was pretty funny. Yes. The uh, And honestly speaking, like the whole thing with her and Garrett started because she said, hey, clock in at some point. You know, you uh, forgot to clock in this morning. He's like, well, can't you just fix it? And she's like, no. That's against the rules. And he's like, but you're, so what, you're not going to pay me for the two hours that I've been here? She'd have to do that. Oh, yes, absolutely. Legally speaking, she'd have to. But he went the other route and said, I'm going to have fun with this. Oh, yeah, no, and it it was, it was great. Yeah. (laughs) Making her eat her lunch that fast. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's so hot in my mouth. Yeah. 45, 44. It's it's burning my mouth. Yeah, it was a good episode. Yep. Except for the the dog storyline. Yeah, but anytime you put those two together, Mateo and uh, what's his name there, it's just not that much fun. We never got to yeah. find out what happened with Mateo's date. Oh, yeah, I know the way he thought the whole episode, because he's not allowed to talk about it, that's why. Right, right. Yeah. The whole episode, he thinks, he's thinking, oh, you know, this this guy likes me, he's hitting on me, blah, 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 and then at the end... Oh, you've never been asked on a date before? Oh, <laughs> this is what's happening? Yeah. Oh, but we got to keep it a secret. Uh, I don't really care for Mateo's character. I don't either. I've known too many people like that. So I don't I don't care if we ever find out what happened on this date. Too many overachievers who try to suck up to the boss. Don't like him. Yeah, either. I don't like him either. Um, a good place? So a good place. Um. Yeah, so I thought it was very interesting when come, I guess, the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm jumping right to it. And Kristen Bell stands up and says, I don't belong here. I'm the reason why. Yep. And I have a feeling that 
it'll get played off. Like, he'll say, oh, no, you're supposed to be here. Like, I don't think that she's really going to get to confess. Either that or what one of my theories has been all along is that multiple people are going to stand up and be like, no, I don't belong here. I'm the wrong person. No, I don't belong. And it's going to turn out that, like, nobody belongs there. That'd be cool. That would, because that would be the kind of catastrophe that Michael would be like, well, this is my first neighborhood. I can't say that, you know, 60 people all got here the wrong way. I'd be... What was his retirement? Oh my god, he was talking about his retirement, and it, it, it's it's essentially the worst possible thing imaginable. I yeah. mean, and the only one that can call the train is Janet, and so they murder Janet. <laughs> I love and her failsafe. Fail, oh my god, the failsafe was so hilarious. It's just one giant button that they have to press, but then as soon as they get close to her, she's like, "I will beg for my life, just so you know." But don't worry, I nothing that I say matters. I can't feel pain, and then they're like. They walk up to her and she's like, oh my god, please don't kill me, please don't kill me, I have a family, I have these three children. And they walk away, yeah. oh, I don't really have those children. I don't that have children, again, I, I can't feel, I, I do not feel any pain. <laughs> she's hilarious. Yeah, and then when the new Janet comes in, or, oh, or yeah. whatever, and she has a completely different, like, um, she used to know everything outfit. and now she knows nothing. Right, but now she has, also has a different outfit. <laughs> yes. Yeah, but definitely the the actress playing Janet is awesome. Yes, yeah. I'm liking that show more than I expected to. Yes, because I know you were on the fence about it because of Kristen Bell, right? Yeah, it, it just it felt too one note, too simplified, but they've really added some depth to it. You know, now you get this John Yang who's just a complete tool, but they let him be a tool off in the corner. You know, and they just remind yes. us every now and then what a tool he is. They don't have to club us over the head with it. Yes, which I, I enjoy that a lot. Yep. So, yeah, I think that's that's one of two things that's going to happen. Either they're going to dismiss her thing and say, oh, no, of course you belong here, or multiple people are going to jump up and be like, I don't either, I don't either, and it's going to be a catastrophe. And then maybe we'll find out that Michael was on probation or something. They didn't really give him all the best people. They gave him oh, like a yeah, test. that's an interesting twist. Yeah, because think about it. Like I said before, you know, her soulmate, it, he didn't do anything good. He studied philosophy, but he made that terrible book. And you know, the the Indian girl from next door, she was like the second best compared to her sister, and she never really did that much great in the world. Anyway, I think that a lot of these people don't belong. Yeah, I actually didn't think about that, but other than yeah. Other than write that book and just be a wholesome person, I don't know what he did that generated him adding up such a high score that he could get to the good place. Right. Hmm. Valid point. Uh, so, American Horror Story. I know you're not watching. I will... Uh, oh, I will... But I read. Go ahead. You've read? I've read about the big twist and what happened, and I was not impressed. Neither was the person that wrote the article. And you sounded disgusted by it. Yeah. So essentially, this is what happens. Um, the show opens with a uh, title card. And basically, it states that My Roanoke Nightmare was a success in 2015. It garnered 23 million viewers. Uh, you know, they even talked about how it beat The Walking Dead. For viewership, and that the producers were eager to follow up on a new series. But it's a fake show. It's still a fake show. Like, in their world, it's real, 
But in our yes. world, it did not beat The Walking Dead because it was not a real show. Correct. Correct. So the producers, basically what he says is he's going to get the actors that did the dramatic reenactments and the actual people all together in the same house for in, in the, the house over the three day period of the, whatever it is, of the blood moon. And they're going to be locked in, which fire codes, they're not going to be locked in, but I guess <laughs> they're going to be locked in and, uh, they're going to be filmed 24 hours a day with secret cameras and the producers own the house. So then they go and you find, oh, and then, so then we find out that the real Shelby had an affair with fake Matt, a fling over the weekend, which caused Real Matt and Real Shelby to uh, have some marital issues, and she only agrees to do the show because Real Matt's going to be there, and she can corner him in the locked-in house. And then um, the actress that played the butcher, Kathy apparently Bates. Kathy Bates's character, apparently got a got a little uh, obsessive compulsive about it, and went around New York in the outfit and or wherever she went and hacked in and slashed someone and went to the psych ward and on and on and on. And then while they're on set getting the house prepped, they find a big uh, ritual-like scene of these dead pig fetuses in a circle, and they go find her because she now moved to North Carolina to be close to the house. So they go interview her, and then they accuse her of doing it, and then they serve her the protection order stating that she's not allowed to be on the property. So then now everybody's in the house together, and uh, fake Shelby has a British accent apparently. And she's now dating the guy that played um, the mot, the one that helped him out through the uh, tunnels. Okay. They're dating, quote unquote, in real life or whatever. Maybe they got married even. I don't know. So then there is a title card that happens once the show starts and everybody's in the house and there's some infighting and this and that. There's a title card that pops up that says, over the next three days during the blood moon, every participant in this series died under mysterious circumstances except for one. The show planned by the producers never aired. This is the assembled found footage. So essentially, the big reveal is that now for the rest of the season, it's a found footage show. Yeah. And, and of you, this. Yeah. And you get to find out that one of them lived, but what is it like every week one of them's going to die? Oh, it could be one or two or more. I don't know. But all I know is that one of them died this week by the – and this is the thing where it gets kind of confusing because you have the actresses – that played the um, cultist. Uh, no, you have the the actresses that played the murdering twins. Uh huh. And then you have the actual quote unquote murderous twins. Mm-hmm. So there's like a lot of there's multiple there's duplicates of everybody basically except like the producers. Um, that is going to be appearing on the show. And so that's kind of funny because, like, when I first saw the the real murderous twins, I was like, well, who the, oh, that's right. Those are the real murderous twins, not the actresses we saw, mm. which they're apparently not invited because we haven't seen them um, in the series, I guess. But anyhow, so, yeah, I, I'm going to keep watching, but um, I'm not expecting a whole lot. When I read that reveal, I said, this is garbage. It's him trying to make another version of Scream Queens. The what end. do you mean? What do you mean? 
Uh, the the whole kicker of we don't know who's going to be alive at the end, and every week somebody's going to die, and it's a big oh, mystery oh, where they're oh. all in this house together, and you know it's the same guy who did American Horror Story and Scream yeah, Queens. but I don't I don't think he's doing it that way because that's I I you know I, that's not the feel I got from it. You know what I mean? Like no, no, I don't because I don't think it's gonna be a new person every week. They basically said everyone gets everyone dies but one, and yeah, we don't know who, but. I don't think that was the main focus. I think the main focus is all the ghostly happenings going on in the house. Uh, and that they're basically letting us know, hey, guess what? No one's safe. Except I, for one person. Right. And we don't know who that is. But I don't know. I don't know. No, it wasn't like it was a terrible show by any means, this right. this episode. But the big, the big new twist, it was just – once again, it was another episode where they – squeezed in so much stuff. Right. And I'm not saying it made it convoluted by any chance like that, but they definitely just squeezed in so much stuff. So anyhow, oh well. Uh Wednesday night shows. Oh, Lethal Weapon. Are you watching that still? Sure am. What'd you think of this week? I loved it. Um this week's episode I, I thought was 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 pretty darn good. Riggs met someone crazier than him. <laughs> I wrote down Riggs has a new friend. Yeah, yeah. Riggs met someone crazier than him. It, I mean, it, at its core, it was the same old – you've seen that storyline played out a million times. You know, the guy connects because they were both war vets, and he's able to talk to him about how terrible it was and all the nightmares he had as well. And it's meant to tug at those patriotic heartstrings. I get it. But they still did a good job of it, I felt. Yeah, no, I thought they definitely did a good job of it. Um, I don't know anyone like that in real life, so I don't. <laughs> I, you know what I mean? So it's kind of hard to relate on that level. Like, would someone really just grab the security guard and start bashing his face into the to the yeah. jewelry cabinet counters? You know, what I mean stuff like that. So uh, there were a few over the top things in the episode. Uh, I like the fact that the girl came in and she's like, it's Riggs. Well, what does he want? He's calling for backup. Yes, Send everyone. <laughs> yes. Hotch's negotiation. <laughs> yeah. Everyone available. Call people in. Yeah, I thought that was great. If Riggs <laughs> is calling for backup, it's nuclear meltdown. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I did not like how over the top um, Murtaugh was going with the hot assistant that his wife had. Danzale. Oh, yeah, that was stupid. It, it was just, uh, really stupid. He was acting like a teenage boy. Oh, because he's all insecure about himself. He's yep. 50. He's not going to act that way. And then his the, wife's not leaving him. Right. At the end, uh, when they had to get rid of the bomb vest, and so they decided that the best way to do that was yeah. to simultaneously throw it out the window and jump and Briggs jump turns and twist and, and shoot one shot and it explodes and, and they both managed to hit that pool. And yeah, that was ridiculous. Yeah. I think Aaron Bell is cheering. <laughs> yeah. I didn't like that part, but otherwise I did really like the episode. I agree. I agree. Um, I don't think SVU is on this week. Because I didn't get a new episode on Hulu for it. Uh, no, the uh, the presidential debate was on Wednesday night, and it cut into a lot of. Yeah, stuff. I don't know. I don't think Criminal Minds was on either. Nope, Criminal Minds was yeah. not on. Designated Survivor was not yeah. on. Um, I did not watch Frequency. Oh, okay. I actually just forgot. Okay, 
that like, was... I meant to watch it at one point, and then I was like, I'm going to watch Ash vs. Evil Dead, and then, I don't know, I just forgot to watch it. Uh, one of my, Feel free to talk about one it. One of my notes on it was that I had two main notes. One is, this show's getting a bit CWE. Yep, I believe um, it. Yeah, her story seems to be focused more, like, she actually had a part in this, where she was convinced that the guy with the shed in his backyard was the um, the Nightingale killer. And so she's telling yeah. her dad, and she's like, you know, here, the evidence points out, blah, blah, blah. And her dad's like, yeah, but she, the girl that he kidnapped wasn't a nurse. You know, she wasn't a nurse, and the Nightingale didn't nurse. Well, you know what? It was early, and he was still feeling it out, and he hadn't decided on his MO, you go. So then later on, I, I swear to God, she yells at her dad for not talking her out of that. She's like, why did you let me go off? Why did you let me say that it was the Nightingale Killer when you knew that it wasn't the Nightingale Killer? And he's like, well, I didn't think that I could change your mind. She's like, you need to keep me in check. Yeah, um, that was that's making me not want to watch the show. Really. That, it was really crappy. And I'm starting to feel like the reason that the movie worked was because it was a movie. And so they could kind of, like, they're trying to take the same story of the movie and stretch it out over all these episodes, and I just don't know that that can work. When I when I heard the show was announced, my initial reaction was like, man, that's a great movie. Yeah. I don't see, I don't see how that's going to be a good TV show. Mm. How are you going to do I mean, like, because the movie takes place over a few days, but it's it's it happens because of the Royal Borealis. We have no reasoning as to why these ham radios are connected right now. Right. There's no explanation for it. Okay, and and it's not location because in this one he actually goes to Satch's place to shack up for a while, and he's like, "I see that before anything well, else, you set up your ham radio." Yeah, well, he he was using it in the hospital. Yeah, he was using it in the garage. He was using it in his apartment in the first episode <laughs> before going to the hospital. Yeah, so it's not a location based thing. It's it's just it works for some reason, and we don't know why. And and truthfully, I just this is. What's happening is exactly what I thought was going to happen. It's a great concept. It's not going to work in the world of television. It's going to fall on its ass, and that's what it's doing. Because they're trying to tell the exact same story but stretch it out. Like I had said early on, <laughs> if they could wrap up the Nightingale thing and then have her helping him solve other unsolved crimes, then that's one thing. But because it's the same story – like at one point, she had him tracking down this golf guy in the past – yeah. And meanwhile, she found him. She interrogated his mom and, and grilled her and said, you know, oh, he did all this stuff. So she found him in the present. I say the future, but in the present. And yeah. she's, she went in with no backup, didn't tell anybody that she was going there. And he got the drop on her and they fought and she managed to cuff him and get him back in the car, fortunately. But then she drove him to a riverbed, you know, one of those yeah. aqueducts and knocked him out and then started kicking the crap out of him. And she's like, Oh no. Oh no. I'm telling you, you don't even know what I'm going to do to you. And then she like took a step back and pulled out her gun and went to aim it at him. And fortunately her dad had, um, collared him. Oh no. In the past, her dad and Satch had gone after the kid and were chasing him down, and he decided apparently, no, you know what, um, I'm never going to get better or something. He basically just saw them coming after him and looked out into traffic and stepped in front of a car and killed himself. So now he was no longer there in the present for her to kick the snot out of. And that's when she was like, well, you should have, you should have stopped me from going after him because I was going to kill him. Jesus. Yeah, it was really bad. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I thought I was muted. 
<laughs> but that's my reaction to your description. It makes me not want to watch the episode it, at all. This episode really made me not want to watch it, but I'll continue with it. I want to see if it gets better because I really did have high hopes. Um, the, the other main story is that now that they've identified her mother's body, all of her nursing friends and all these people and all these lives, she touched 200 plus people want to have a service. And she's like, no, we're not having a service because I'm getting her back. And Gordo's like, and selfish. Gordo's like, all these people miss your mother. They want to talk about stories. They want to finally be able to put her to rest, finally be able to close that chapter of their life. She's like, no, I can't do it. I can't. I just can't. That's dumb. Yeah, it kind of did bother. If you know she's coming back, then do it. Go to the service and be like, guys, I got a surprise coming. (laughs) Like, arrange it so she pops out of a cake or something. Oh, gosh. But yeah, it was, it kind of bothered me this week. Yeah, I mean, if they did the cold case route, where essentially they were, she was solving cold cases, but he was solving fresh murders or something. Yes. That, that would make, that would be cool. But again, how are they talking to each other? How is it functioning? Yeah, it really is a stretch that he could just pick up and move it anywhere and it automatically reaches her. Yeah. So that's my one, my one fault issue with it. Gotcha. Um, but I mean, I don't know. Now I don't know if I'm going to watch that episode or not. I think I pretty much just summed it up for you. <laughs> yeah. Like it, you really kind of are pushing me to not want to bother to watch it at all. Yeah. So if you don't get to it, then it's understandable. I'd say. What about Arrow though? Um, Arrow. Okay. So where's my Arrow notes? Oh yeah. Cody Rhodes was on this episode. I thought he looked familiar. Yeah, that's Cody Rhodes, a.k.a. Stardust or Cody Runnels, whatever you want to call him. I think he's billed on the show or credited on the show as Cody Runnels. Nice. So um, that's kind of the the bump back for letting Stephen Amell be on WWE. Yes, yes. And it's kind of funny. Well, like, okay, so actually they had wanted him to be on the show mm-hmm. and WWE wouldn't allow him. Okay. For whatever reason. And then he left the WWE and now immediately he's on the show. So awesome. Um, but one of the things that I thought was hilarious was that the drugs that they were making and that was called, the drug was called Stardust. Stardust. Yeah. <laughs> that makes more sense now. <laughs> so I thought that was funny. Yep. <sighs> um, but yeah, I thought it was a decent episode except, um, you know, Mad Dog is awful quick just to start shooting and killing people. Right? Everybody else is, like, beating people up, and he's like, three to the chest, three to the chest, three to the chest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and I know, I know, um, Oliver, you know, I know he was quick to kill people as well, mm-hmm. but it was, a, it felt different than this. Right. Because the rest of his yeah. team is trying to be non-lethal. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I liked his line in the beginning when he had the guy hung upside down. And he was like, I'm not going to kill you, but I can't guarantee you're going to walk away from this. And then drop yes, him a cuts whole him story. Down. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that was cool, actually. Um, and then Felicity told Rory about Haven Rock. Yeah. And yeah. he kind of walked off. Although he seems like a really cool guy. Like, he seems to be the most stable, balanced person on the entire team. Yes. So I have a feeling that he's going to be like, look, that sucks, but you had to do what you had to do. Yep. Yeah, so hopefully, I mean, because I, I kind of like him as a character, so I don't, I don't want to see it messed with. Right, right. Um, 
And they let us know this time that Flashpoint did stick, so John Jr. is Diggle's son. Yeah. Baby yeah, Sarah no. is gone. Yeah, that was kind of funny. Yep. Or not funny, but you know what I mean. That was kind yep. of like, all right, well, they're making the crossover storylines work. I wonder if that's going to switch back or if they're going to stick with it. Yep. It'll be interesting <clears throat> to see what happens. The scandal in the mayor's office was annoying. Didn't like the whole storyline. That was stupid. The, the one reporter. She's the only one who picked up on all this stuff and ran the stories and knew what was going yeah. on. Yeah, and then Speedy gives her the old veiled threat at the end. Yeah. Um, Diggle's dealing with some mental issues, obviously, if he's imagining uh, Floyd as uh, yeah, exactly. Floyd Deadshot as his uh, cellmate talking to him. Yeah. Which, at the end there, then Lila comes in and she's like, I want you to break him out of jail. I hope Oliver says no. Uh, uh, the way I saw the write-up for the next one is that Oliver says yes, and the rest of the team says, oh, no, you don't. <laughs> and the rest of the team tries to take on Oliver to stop him. That's probably not going to work out to their benefit. No, no. Um, But, yeah, otherwise, it was, it was a decent episode. The, it was pretty brutal the way that he had to take down uh, Cody Rhodes there. Oh, yeah. Just because you can't feel your tendons being severed doesn't mean you don't need them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As soon as he started doing that, I was, I, I was going, ah, oh, oh, you know, like I was, I was wincing with each yeah. slice. Oh, and did you pick up towards the end there when they had their new outfits on and, uh, one of them was like, what kind of vigilante wears a hockey mask? And Oliver's like, I like it. Oh, yeah, from Turtles. Yeah. Yep, I, I wanted to reach the screen and slap him that. and say, dude, you don't owe them anything. Yeah, the, the way they portrayed Casey Jones in that movie, you know, I don't want to talk about it because yeah. I, I just vowed never to talk about that flick yeah. after watching it. I still hate <laughs> Megan Fox. So moving right along. <laughs> uh, Legends of Tomorrow, let's finish up the uh, CWDC week. Sure. So I'm pretty sure that opening fight sequence with the JSA was supposed to be some big grand bit, and I, it wasn't. You know what's funny? Yeah. Uh, that night, I looked up, and uh, it said that I was recording, but I looked at my list, and it was not recording. Yeah. So I, I stopped the recording and then started it up again, and I actually got the episode, but I missed the first one minute of it. So, oh, so I apparently missed I missed the fight, and I missed the reason that they were worried about the JSA dying in Paris, and I went... I'm still going to keep watching, and I don't think I missed much. Uh, no, okay, so the what happened was is they had this big fight. You must have missed more than one minute. Maybe it was two. Well, no, because they had a big fight. The JSA brings them back to their headquarters. They have a phone that goes direct to the president. Did you see all that? Nope. I picked okay. up when they were actually in Paris looking out, and they said, so this is where okay, the JSA so you, is going to die. You missed, like, the first five minutes, I guess. Then. Okay. So basically what happens is, like, you know, how the end ending of the episode was, oh, hey, it's the JSA. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, the JSA says we're going to bring you in, and they're like, well, no, we're not. And then they have this big fight, and the JSA easily defeats them, <laughs> essentially. Um, and then uh, they go to their headquarters, and then they try to tell them that from the future because uh, uh, Haywood. Yep. Uh, his grandfather – hold on. 
His grandfather is is one of the uh, JSA members, Sergeant Steele or something. Thank you. Yes, his, that's his grandfather. Yeah, and they mentioned the reason, that like thirteen more times in the episode. So, well, but the way he made it revealed is because he had his grandfather's dog tags around his neck, mm. and it had his dog tags. Yeah, and so that's why they believed him. So then they let him out of their cell, and then they start telling them that they're time travelers and this and that or whatnot. And then they just say, but you know what? We're just going to get out of here because the president called. They had to go to Paris. So then when they're on the ship, he realizes he doesn't have the dog tags on. And that's when they find out that they were all killed in Paris. And that's he never got the dog tags. Uh. So then they go back to Paris, and then you – Picked up from there where they're in the night. Yeah, right? so that's yeah. why at the end there he pointed out the dog tags and it was like, uh huh, good, he's got them. That makes sense yes, now. That's, yeah, they had disappeared and now they're back. Gotcha. So Hayward's got the serum, so he's going to have some little superpower strength or something. We'll find mm. out next episode, I bet. Yeah. He too can become a CG Hulk. Yeah. Um, yeah, the CG was really bad, wasn't it? Mm hmm. So I, I didn't put him as a Hulk, I put him more as a hide. Yeah, yeah. Krieger is like he's Dark Mister Hyde. Yeah, I could see that. Um, but you know, our man is killed by Eobard Thawne, and yeah. then his dying words are "Time Traveler." Yeah. So clearly, the GSA is going to think that the Legends killed him. Right. Right. Of course. And and that's that's just going to take me off like that. Just hearing that, my I just went massive groan. Like I, that's one storyline I don't want to see. That's just stupid. And doesn't it say a lot about the episode that you told me the intro part that I missed. And then it was just like, now let's jump right to the end because that was the most interesting part. Yep. Pretty much. One of my notes was there always seems to be some kind of reason Ray can't use his suit. Yep. This time the stabilizer was damaged. Yep. That's a true fact. That's a true statement right there. They always give some reason. Yeah. It, it was a very humdrum kind of episode. I don't feel I, I don't feel that they really did anything of import. You know, they kicked yep. butt. They they beat the super soldier serum that couldn't be called the super soldier serum because you know the last Nazis that did a super soldier serum were in Marvel, right? Right. So this had to be the super serum or the yeah yeah something like that. Something similar. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So, Supernatural. Unless you had more legend stuff. <laughs> nope, I did not. Okay. So, Supernatural. I, um, <clears throat> the show, I, I don't feel like it has any direction right now. Like, usually we know at the beginning of the season what the end goal is to defeat whoever, whatever. Mm-hmm. And, I don't feel like this show has any direction and it's, it's annoying me. Um, essentially, you know, Sam has been captured by the, uh, the British men of letters chick and Rowena's back in this episode and she's basically trying to get out of the life of, you know, being, a, being a witch. She just wants to try and be normal, but of course she wants to suck her in some rich guy to take care of her. And then, uh, Crowley shows up to try and talk her into, Defeating Lucifer and putting him back in the cell because he hasn't fully like bonded with his new body because that was one of the things that he's jumping from person to person to person and burning them out because they're not able to hold him. You know what I mean? Right. Remember that aspect of the storyline? Oh, yeah. Of course, until he jumps into Rick Springfield. 
So now Rick Springfield is is on the show as Lucifer. We've always known he was the devil. Pretty much. Says Jimmy Hart. <laughs> and for that reference, Google uh, or YouTube, eat your heart out Rick Springfield by the mouth of the South Jimmy Hart. Uh, so it's from uh, the, the wrestling album, circa 1985. So anyhow, uh, yeah, so when Rowena and uh, Crowley can't kill Lucifer after he, he takes sulfuric acid to his, ho- to his uh, meat suit's face, and then Lucifer just pulls out his wings and heals himself, uh, Crowley takes off and leaves his mother behind. And Lucifer isn't going to kill her. He's basically going to make her his guinea pig pet thing, I guess. So then uh, Dean and his mom and, and uh, Castiel find the house where Sam's been uh, held. And Castiel can't go in because it's been warded. So Dean goes in by himself. Of course, he gets captured immediately. And then mom shows up. And then everyone gets in a big fight with each other. And uh, as far as the British chick, and she's getting beaten up. And then, of course, she does some spell to threaten them and get the upper hand. And then they get the upper hand back. And then some other guy shows up in the house with Castiel. And he also works for the British Men of Letters. His Are name you is describing Mick. an episode of Supernatural or an episode of Monday Night Raw? Yeah, I know. So Mick, <laughs> Mick, yeah, I know. So Mick shows up with Castiel and basically tells the Winchesters, look, she was wrong. She did the wrong thing. We're going to take her back to England. She's going to be punished. Yes, we want to work with you guys. Yes, we want to find things out, but we don't want to go the way she did. Sorry, fellas. And, and then, then a folding chair to the back of the head. Yeah, and then eventually they go back to the bunker, and then they're all feeling better again, and then they have special mommy-son moments. And then the end of the thing is the British chick telling Mick, you know, like, well, they're going to be stopped, and people don't, you know, basically she's just per- continuing to perpetrate her agenda. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, no, 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 okay, well, I did <laughs> call in this this one guy. <clears throat> So essentially, all right, this is what's going to happen now, I guess, is the Winchesters are being hunted, I guess. I don't know. It, um, yeah, it's that exciting. If your goal was to get me to watch the show again, it did not succeed. Yeah, no, my, at this point, I'm just trying to convince myself to keep watching. Gotcha. Like, again, I just, I don't feel like there's a direction to the show. It's, that's, that, and that's really bothering me. Yeah. You know, they've run that's, that's what it comes down to. We said that last season. I wasn't even watching, but that's what we said all season was they're fighting God's sister. How do you go from there? The ultimate darkness in the universe. You can't go any higher. What are they going to do? So maybe that's what happened. They were like, we have nothing else. Yeah, I mean, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, sincerely, yeah. I mean, that's pretty much it. I don't know. I mean, they've, they, if we could go through the list of everything they've done, and it is to the point no. now, it's like they, they couldn't, I'm not going to. <laughs> uh, but it is, it's to the point now where there's, there's nothing left to fight. And, and so now the Winchester's being hunted by this men of letters in England because they do things better there. I don't know. Yeah. So that's, oh, that's my last show, apparently. Really? So you yeah. didn't watch This Is Us? Oh, I did. We did just watch This Is Us tonight. I skipped over that. Sorry. But I didn't watch like Black Mirror's back on Netflix as of Friday, but I, I want to sit down and watch it. I just haven't had a chance. I'll probably watch them tonight after we're done. Um, <laughs> Not me. Yeah. I know what I'm watching when we get done. 
You're going to watch The Walking Dead? I'm going to watch The Walking Dead. I've already gotten, as we were recording this, uh, somebody sent me a message and was like, did you just watch that? And I'm like, I'm recording my podcast. Yeah. Sorry. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I, I I know. Like, my cousin Chrissy's like, oh, my God, what are they doing? And she's like, it's like she's Facebook, like, not, she's almost like live tweeting, but it's live Facebooking. <sighs> People don't seem to understand. Happening. That is yeah. not what Facebook is for. That's what Twitter's for. Yeah, like this one here. No, why, don't say why anything. Walking, I'm not. Why, oh, why Walking Dead? How the hell am I going to sleep after that? Like, my whole thing is just blown up with uh, O-F-F-S. I don't know what that means. O for beep's sake. Okay. Uh, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, it just, yeah. yeah. I, I've closed out my browser. Yeah, that, that's kind of like, I, I'm not watching Walking Dead right now, so I'm not too worried about it. But it's just like... Everyone's being very respectful. They're being vague. They're not giving out spoilers, <laughs> but they're just bitching. Yep. Uh, yeah. I so say, this is us. Yeah. This is us. No, no, I was I gonna say what. I, I was just gonna say this is us was a good episode. I was I was switching us back. Oh, okay, good. Redirecting us. Yeah. This is us continues to be a great show. It really does. And I'm always it surprised. Really does. This one was very much like um, the, the kids' version of the story was them dealing with the pool, which was a riot. Uh, we never had to do that around here in, in central Maine, but I loved the whole thing with the, the chairs. You know, you'd be like, oh, my God, yeah. chair, and he'd just, like, bolt off. Yeah, you just jump away. And then, like, uh, when they went to go look for Randall and they jump up and someone grabs his chair immediately and runs away with it, yeah. That one scene right there was so yeah. Kevin Smith in his original days that it made me laugh even louder. Yeah. Just the guy wandering over and, like, cool chair. Yeah. No, it was a good episode. Yeah. You the, know, the kids learned- dealing with their own individual things. Like, yep. Kate was so proud of her Care Bears bikini, but then her friends gave her the note that said, you embarrass us. We don't want to play with you anymore. And they all signed it, too. They did. I thought that was funny, but not as cruelly funny. Right. Um, the big one, though, was <clears throat> Randall hanging out with the other black children. Yes. And the black mother who honestly was just trying to be neighborly. Like, well, no, there was see, a little feel, meanness in the beginning. No, I do feel 100% that she was being a stuck-up snot face at the beginning of that. Yeah. Uh, the, way she, the way she said... Um, Oh, that's my son. Oh, we know. You know? Oh, a white family raising a black boy? Oh, obviously. And doesn't introduce them to all of us? Oh, we know. Like, right. the way she said, I thought she was being kind of a uppity. Right. And, and, yeah, I'll give you that one. But yeah. then after that, she was trying to help. You know, she was like, he's got razor bumps on the back of his neck. You're going to need to find a barber who can handle black hair. Yeah. Yeah. And then, but then Milo was kind of like, well, she's just trying to be nice or whatever. And so she goes over and my favorite thing is when she says, do I need to put sunscreen on him? <laughs> and all she could do was laugh. They all, they, the other people in the background were laughing too. Yeah. She goes, and she's like, I, I knew it. I knew it. You got to tell my husband this. <laughs> but did you notice later when, um, the picture? The picture, yes, I had to kick it back so I could show my wife that. Yep. That in the picture is the parents and the three kids and that lady. Yeah. And she's, she's got hugging her arms Randall. Around Rand- no, she's not hugging Randall in the is, picture. Isn't she? No, Randall's in the middle. She's hugging um, Kevin. Kevin. Yes. 
that's what I thought was significant. Like she had no kids in the picture at all. Right. Like none of her kids, but she was in there and she had a big bear hug on Kevin who seemed to be loving it. Yeah. And Randall was in the center of the picture. Maybe she's going to help bridge the gap between the brothers, although they still, even to this day, don't seem to be as close as they could be. He told them, you know, he said, he goes, I wasn't a good brother to you. No, you weren't, but you still have time. Yep. Uh, I love when he meets William. Yes. Oh, sounds like there's a long conversation to be had. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then afterwards, was that the Manny? Yeah. I love that show. I go get my autograph. <laughs> That was just awesome. Yeah. And once again, I know I've said this in the past, but this episode even further made me love uh, Toby, you know, Kate's boyfriend there. Yes, yes. Because he's always been a good guy, but he finally reached his breaking point this time, and he said that. You know, maybe I'm tired of being nice all the time. Maybe I'm tired. Oh, and then you and I have both had this this discussion before in our – separate pasts, but yeah. when uh what did he say? He was like, some stranger tells you you're great and you believe her. I say yes. it and you don't. Yes. And she's like, I yes. don't understand why. But you know, he he put his foot Three, down. That is? What's that? I said you know yes and you know how infuriating that I is. I sure do. Like uh it is you know? so frustrating. And and he was saying that to her. He's like, I tell you all the time you're great and you're like, no, no, no. This one person, this stranger tells you you're great and suddenly you're like, I must be great. Oh Oh, doesn't that just get you going? Oh, and she it didn't, she didn't have an answer for it because it doesn't make logical sense the way that it happened. You know, it's so weird. There's so much stuff that has happened on the show that I can relate to from little ways to major ways. It's, yes. it's, it's stunning to me. Yes. Really stunning. Yep. Um, but I, he used to be married to Lindsay from Saved by the Bell, the new class. <laughs> I can't think of the actress's name, but that's who that was. Oh, I never watched it. Yeah, I, I gave it that first season, and I realized they were trying to carbon copy everything. I mean, yeah, Screech the Weasel, yeah. I liked how Toby kind of, he like had his moment where he went off, and then he explained it all to her, but very like aggressively, because he was mad. Yes. You know, oh, he's yeah. like, how about the fact that she cheated on me all the time, that I gained 95 yeah. pounds in one year, that she took half my life savings, half my everything when she left, and, yep. you know. And then that he drank constantly and that he was going to commit suicide and contemplated suicide. Yeah, yep. absolutely. Yep. Yep. So she's not that great. So don't think just because she's skinny and beautiful that she's a good person. That exactly. doesn't make a good person. That was the lesson here. And amen to that. What was that? She said something about what? Well, Josie and I think Josie and I, how is this even possible? <laughs> And, and then he's like, you know, you know who's a good couple? And she's like, Matt Lauer and so and so. Savannah Guthrie? Yeah. yeah. And he's like, but I mostly meant Matt and Savannah. And she's like, yeah, yeah. they're great. <laughs> yeah, us. But I mostly meant Matt. Yeah. No, that was good. It was a good episode. Yep. Can I crash here for a little while? Um, yeah, I guess. <laughs> Kevin, uh, Kevin got the part because of his celebrity status. Yes. And the actress hates that. But you know that they're going to end up dating. Well, if you're like, I don't know anything about acting, you know, but when you're watching him audition for the role, mm-hmm. he clearly is auditioning like it's a TV thing. Oh, let me redo that line. Yeah. Let me redo that line, you know, and that was bugging the crap out of her. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You'll be uh, doing a scene with Miss Main. Oh, that's fine. I've, I've dated this. I, I've, I've never hosted the pageant, but I knew like Miss Vermont or something. Like that. <laughs> I did. Uh, what did he say? I did like Miss Southern Belle for Trump once or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. That was a good. It was a good episode. It was, it was a good show. It's a it good show. Really, is a good show. 
You have anything else? I'm all done. Uh, let's see. I watched Blacklist, but I'll save that because you didn't watch it. Thank you. Um, and next week's episode, as the commercial guy says, this is the episode you can't miss. Fair enough. Yep. Fair enough. Uh, I'm... <coughs> uh, uh, Falling Water, I watched the second episode of that. It's still kind of beyond explanation, so. Alright, alright. If you haven't seen it, see it. Um, it's still really good, and things are, it's following the same theme as, uh, Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency, where everything's kind of connected. Yep. Once again, Dirk Gently's is my pick of the week, probably my pick of the month. This show is amazing. I'm probably gonna watch that first episode like 20 or 30 more times, cause it was so, Awesome. Um, I'm um, sticking with Ash versus Evil Dead as my pick of the week. <laughs> uh, MacGyver is still fun. I don't know. Uh, Tully sent me a message the other day, and he's like, "I'm sorry, who? Mully? Yes, Mr. Mully sent me a Mully. message, okay. and he said, just the fact that they use the line, "Did you just Donkey Kong that guy?" is reason enough to keep watching MacGyver. And I agreed. He uh, he's liking it. I'm liking it. It's fun. You know, he's still teaching us things like that on trains, they essentially have small torpedoes that are used to help with the braking process, and he attached one of them to a rolled-up magazine, slammed it into a guy's chest, and torpedoed him out of the moving train. Awesome sauce. And the only other one is I'm actually watching right now, did you ever see Expedition Unknown? Yes, I love that show. Okay, well, Josh Gates is doing one right now that's Expedition Unknown Hunt for the Yeti. It's the one that he's loved the most. It's the one that he actually, back in the day, on one of his Expedition Unknown shows, nope, found. No, on uh, Destination. Yes, sorry, Destination Truth. They found the uh, footprint. They did two episodes of that, actually, with yes. the Destination Truth series. Well, this whole season of Expedition Unknown is nothing but Yeti hunting. And he's had Ooh. three so far, and they've been really good. Um, in one of them, he actually uh, met up with – he went to a temple in, I believe, the Himalayas, and they had a Yeti scalp, what they claimed to be a Yeti scalp, and we got to see it, and we got to you know watch him handling it. And they uh, – it took them hours of negotiation. He's like, what happened next was two hours of going back and forth and negotiating between the, the – guys at the temple and the translators and everything, they allowed him to take one single hair for spectrographic analysis. Ooh, is that from the temple? Okay. Was that the... They went to the temple in the first episode and the second time, and both times he tried to get a sample. Yep. So now, is it the same temple? I gotta watch it then. I believe that it is the same I gotta temple. Watch it. Um, he went to another temple where they had what they claimed to be was a Yeti pelt, and they would not allow the cameras in. And he did the voiceover later. He's like, I, I'd love to tell you. He goes, I can't do it justice without you being able to see it. But unfortunately, none of you will ever be able to see it. But they allowed me in there. They allowed me to look at it. And yes, that really could have been a Yeti pelt. He also met a guy who covered his face with a mask because he didn't want people to know who he really was. And he was selling a skeletal Yeti hand. And it definitely looked non-human, but it was like this real shady deal, and he wanted to meet them like in the hotel room and uh, didn't want to be identified and changed his voice and everything. And uh, it was just skeleton bones, you know, that looked yeah. like it could have been a hand. And they were like, you know, well, what would you want for this? And he's like, uh, 10 million. And they're like, wow, 10 million rupees? That's amazing. He's like, no, 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 10 million U.S. dollars. And they're like, 
You're <laughs> kidding. <laughs> but that guy also, like, they, they negotiated with him for a while, and he allowed them to take some scrapings of samples so that they could have it tested as well. So... I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to seek these out. Yeah, the fourth like episode's Josh coming Gates. on this week. Yes, Josh Gates is great. I read his book. Um, he he wrote a book. I think it's based on the first couple seasons of Destination Truth, mm-hmm. and it doesn't. It it's it gives you good kind of insight and sideways, you know, different things to the parts you don't see on TV. Yep. And his his pat his um oh his life. Prior to doing that, like what I thought was really cool is he was off. He decided he was going to um, hike, uh, oh, was it Kilimanjaro? Mm-hmm. One of the big mountain in the Andes, whatever it is. And uh, he's, he got a call from his buddy like when he finally got back down into satellite phone area or something like that. He got a call from his buddy saying he lined him up a uh, or his agent or whatever. So he lined him up an audition to host this show, Destination Truth, for sci-fi. He's like, but they, you need to be here, you know, to, well, when's the audition? Well, it's this day. He's like, well, I'll be back that morning. So if I can make it, I'll make it. But otherwise, because what it was is he had, not Kilimanjaro. What's the big mountain? Oh, Everest? Everest. Yes. I think it was Everest. Yes. Yes. It was Everest. Yeah. He had to go up that in this one. Yeah. Okay. So he's, he had booked a trip and prepaid to hike Everest. And he lost like 95 pounds that year prior to doing it. And that was his motivation to lose the weight and get in shape was because he prepaid thousands of dollars to do this trip. And so then he did it. And then like right at the end of the trip, he flew back to L.A., landed that morning and basically drove to the audition. So he looked pretty grungy, mm-hmm. smelt a little funky and everything. And he walked in and sat down. And he apologized for the way he looked. He just got done climbing Mount Everest. <laughs> They were like, it's your job. You've got the job. <laughs> nice. Because <laughs> he locked into like the auditions. Everyone was like in suits and this and that and everything. And he was in his basically what you see him wearing all the time on TV. See, so. I've never watched any of his shows. I just never really got around to it. But for yeah. years, different people have come to me at different times and told me, you've got to watch this guy. He reminds me so much of you. It's scary. You would love this guy. He's just like you. You've got to watch this guy. Oh, my God. You've got to watch Josh Gates. He's amazing. He's just like you. So I don't know about being just like you, but it is a great show. I um, like him so far. I've watched all of Destination Truth. I think you can watch all the episodes on Netflix right now. But I've watched all those, and I've watched uh, Expedition Unknown up until this new season. I've watched all those episodes. Nice. And they're just playing great shows. The Destination Truth ones has a bit more humor to them, which is quite funny. And you actually get to know his crew that's with him. Like I started watching other shows where I follow people on like face uh Instagram or Facebook, or whatever, like uh JL Depardo and I can't think of all their names now. There's a girl named Jordan. But um you got to know them from being on that show and they would do other shows. Like there was another show on sci fi called um Oh, was it not fact, not beyond belief, fact or fiction, but there was another one that they did that was similar to that and these two crews would go out and they would they would investigate, you know, cases like paranormal cases and how this happened and basically try to prove them wrong and debunk them. Gotcha. Um, it was, it was a pretty solid show. So she was on that as well. Um, yeah, it was a good show anyways. Uh, yeah, I'm a big fan of Josh Gates. I'm getting there. I- I'm yeah. liking him quite a bit myself. Yeah. It's just, he has one of those like Morgan, like Morgan Spurlock. He has a voice that I enjoy listening to him explain things to me. Right. 
which is why I'm such a big fan of Morgan Spurlock after Super Size Me is because just the way he would deliver his message and explain things, I, I, I enjoy listening to how he does it, I guess. I don't know. That makes any sense. It does. Morgan Spurlock, Morgan Freeman. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but that's all I got. Cool. Well, that's a full episode, everybody. I hope you enjoyed it. I don't know if you listen to this in one parts or two parts, but thanks for listening yeah. to the entirety of it. <laughs> uh, hit us up with any questions, comments, uh, recommendations, uh, your opinions on things. We'd like to hear it all here on What Did You Watch This Week? And you can hit me on the Twitter at SuperstarML. The show is at What Did You Watch? The Facebook is at What Did You Watch This Week? You sound like you're out of breath. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm, waiting to, I'm waiting for you to deliver your gimmick there. Your oh, yeah. Uh, my gimmick, huh? Yep. My gimmick is that I'm on Twitter at the Quantum Geek G33K, and I'm more on Twitter now because I've had to go through like three phones in the past couple of weeks because I was one of those foolish people that got the Note 7 and then got a replacement, and apparently that blew up. So What? Uh, they were having problems with their replacement Note 7s. They were all blowing up. Oh, well, some of them yeah. were blowing up too. So they were like, yes. now you got to pick a different phone. So <clears throat> I finally got another one, and hopefully this one will last me so I don't have to go without Twitter for a while. Well, there you go. Reach out and let us know, and John's phone won't blow up so we can get back to you. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Cool. All right. Later. Later.